Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, Gypsy Gang? Uh, we're back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. And bang, we've posted three in a month. How good. I'm excited. Um, look, the last few months have been pretty gnarly, and I keep apologizing because, you know, I just like I like the reps. I love pumping these things out. There's so many amazing people to talk to. Um, and I don't like it when we're doing two a month, not good enough. Um, so yeah, we're back. We've just busted through. I'm proud of the team. I'm proud of the crew. Uh, but there's been a lot going on. We just did an epic trip to Cape York, which we filmed. Um, and then, yeah, we've got some three, like 350 build coming. We've got a bunch of other, like we've been working on this Stark thing. So yeah, we're just, uh, we've been grinding through, but this was a, uh, real breath of fresh air. It is the legend herself, Janae Harding. Janae Hollow Point Harding. If you've been listening to Gypsy Tales for quite some time, um, you may remember Janae's last episode of the podcast. Um, Griff, tell me, can you just search on your phone what chapter that was? Um, it was way back when. We didn't even have a studio, so it was really cool. It was our first time in the studio um, for this one, but... Yeah, it was, I want to say it was like three years ago, maybe like 2019, 2018, yeah, 2018, damn, that's a ways back, and uh, yeah, we've just been, we've been friends ever since, but never really had the chance to do the podcast again, um, and she's just moved back to the Goldie for a little bit, um, with some ice problems, which you'll hear about in the show, um, but this was an awesome one, she's just the like, best attitude um, the coolest chick and such a fun person in general to talk, uh, MMA, jiu-jitsu, the whole deal. So, um, if you're one of those jiu-jitsu haters out there, then fucking strap in. Cause we say it a few times in this potty. Um, but yeah, no, nah, really enjoyed it and recorded a good time too. Cause she's planning on, uh, on another move. So but won't, you know, give away too many spoilers, uh, before we get in, to the podcast though just got to give a shout out to our sponsors uh firstly to kyle and his awesome team at tropical auto group in rockhampton uh we thrashed the d-max on the way up to cape york and it come up trumps uh i had a bunch of other people drive it as well so one day maddie's bike blew up and uh and my uncle Ando had to go down the road and grab him, and he's like, "Oh, this thing really, uh, this thing's pretty nice." We uh, we had the thing got like dyno tuned and the whole the whole deal, um, and look, really really enjoyed this year so far in the D Max. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, call Kyle at Tropical Auto Group in Rockhampton. Uh, if you mention the podcast, you're going to get a $500 voucher at MX Store as well. So 
he's a G. Um, the cars are great, honestly. It's been uh, it's been awesome. We'll, we'll have uh, some content, I suppose, of that coming out uh, soon as well. So um, also the guys at Crush Oz, you can head to crushoz.com because uh, you get cars dirty, you get bikes dirty, you get pushies dirty, uh, your missus gets her car dirty. This is uh, definitely an all-use sponsor. Um, whether you ride, whether you're an MMA person, whether you do jiu-jitsu, everyone at some point needs a really high-quality wash. Um, and the guys at Crush Oz, Oz have you dialed on that front. Uh, I am a big personal fan of the bike wash bucket. I actually went so far. This is how much I like those things. I actually went so far as to order one in Perth so that when it got there, I could fully wash my bikes for that weekend because the last time i went to manji i ruined all my stuff so um crushoz.com uh we are also brought to you by the guys at rival ink design co you can head to rivalinkdesignco.com also uh sam and his lovely team at fist handwear uh dixon flannel so dixonquality.com.au gypsy gang is going to get you 15 percent off uh at all of those also, the guys at Manscaped and MX Store as well for, uh, thank you for all of your support. So, without, oh, actually, as well, I was going to give a shout out uh, to my mate Shane. We talk about him uh, for a little bit in this podcast, actually. I've mentioned him a bunch of times on the on the podcast. And if you're one of the random people that message me and ask about, like, getting into jiu-jitsu, um, Gleb Brothers Helensvale, that's Shane's gym. So, um, if any of you hear the podcast and, uh, I guess, the way I talk about like highly about him um if you are interested uh, go and get yourself into a class uh at Caleb brothers helensvale um so yeah that's it uh subscribe all that stuff uh we're doing our best over at youtube um got two channels there that you can follow and uh yeah appreciate you all appreciate you all for listening thank you very much janae harding she back baby i think maybe like three, yeah it'd be close it'd be easy three or four do we do we know what this is let's go <laughs> <laughs> All right. we rolling well, oh, dope intro we'll just go <laughs> off janae's intro the hollow point is in the building going on legend nothing bring, much bring this up close let's yeah, let's, let's get it in let's there figure it out what's going on just living the dream what's going on with you same eh? yeah it looks like the, it the, yeah yeah it this, like it's it. cool like you're one of the og gypsy tales fam and we've been homies ever since you uh did the podcast but we haven't got to catch up that much we always try to catch up when you were in the goldie it just wasn't that often because you're a fucking superstar uh, Bellator fighter. Um, but now based in, in the Goldie again for a bit. So yeah. we're doing it. Back again. And it was always good because um, whenever you came to Sydney, you were always in Concord. Yeah. We're out here living our best life in Concord at Minoshin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, you know. Like <laughs> <laughs> From the, the area. MMA, no. fight. <laughs> <laughs> MMA fight store. And uh, yeah, no, it's been sick, man. I'm so stoked to be back and catch up on life from both ends i'd love to hear like your side and and then obviously fill you in of what i've been up to too but it's funny how my journey's brought me back to the gold coast yeah yeah well i feel like it was always kind of home for you in a, in a yeah. roundabout sense right yeah definitely i mean this is like i always kind of say to everyone like gold coast is my favorite Aussie place home. in yeah. the world yeah kind of thing like no matter where i go or the places i get to travel or whatever like 
nothing beats GC. Like, and I think anyone that's from here kind of knows. People yeah. that visit maybe haven't quite touched the surface on what it can offer. But yeah, GC is always like more beautiful than anywhere else I've been. So. Yeah, honestly, I agree. And like, I call it Gollywood, you know, because yeah. like living in, in Hollywood for a while, like to me, the Gold Coast is the closest that you get to like that Hollywood sunset kind of vibe, especially you got like all the influences and the beach and like, I don't know, it just, it Similar. just yeah. gets a bit of a vibe going. And I'm always like, I actually did a thing with Gold Coast Bulletin the other day and I was just like mad hyping up the Gold Coast because I think it's, there's like a weird stereotype of the Gold Coast, but I just don't see it. Like I'm yeah. literally not around. I live 400 meters from the beach in Berlin. And I just miss oh. that entire scene, you know? Yeah. So I just feel like the Goldie really has a lot to offer. And dude, we saw it through COVID. There was like 10,000 yeah. people a week moving here. Oh my God. Yeah. And I mean, you can tell the only negative now is obviously the real estate and everything, but mm. you can definitely tell like everyone in Sydney and like from living in Sydney for the last few years, like how juxtaposed it is yeah. um, in the demographic and like yeah there is obviously there's a negative demographic everywhere you go like there's no yeah. negative demographic in hollywood you know um it'd be just taking your stride and take whatever the surrounding and the environment is for what it is and i think the yeah. gold coast is like once you really dive into it you're like oh shit this place has like there's a lot of yeah. anything and everything you could want kind of thing and it's it's great for families it's a little bit um slower paced if you're into that and you know it gives a lot of opportunity, but in a different way. Yeah, and I think anyone that always, like, complains about the scene or, like, the goal, they're in it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, it's like, if you're not in it, it's, like, pretty hard to complain about it, right? Yeah. And you can remove yourself from it from the most part. Easy. Like, just go to the beach. Just go go to the gym. Go train. The, yeah, <laughs> dive in the surf and then go straight from the beach to the gym. And then go straight back from the gym to the beach and then go get coffee. Like, you're going to be all right. You can't <laughs> fuck it up. <laughs> you can't really. It's pretty pretty straightforward kind of vibe. But yeah, I love uh, the Gold Coast. Is uh, your mum's doing good? Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's um, around the corner from here, of course, because yeah. it's the Gold Coast and everything's five minutes everything's away. Everything's around the corner. How could you, how could you struggle? Like, like you're saying, so we're here. My gym's five minutes from there. She's across the road from, like, on the other side of Reedy Creek. Oh, sick. So she, that's where her work is. So I get to, like, meet her for breakfast or lunch or whatever, like, in the middle of my day in, in between training sessions and then I can go to the beach or whatever. So, yeah. Life's, life's good. good, yeah. Life's really good. <laughs> so, where are you at fight-wise? Have you got something coming up soon? Because you had your eye injury. So, you were kind of on a bit of a run. Uh, the run got stopped with a gnarly up kick, <laughs> which is a, a bit of a shit luck. Uh, and then, was it straight after that that you had the eye thing go on? Like, is, is the timeline kind of right Kind of, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, like, yeah, I was going well. Um, had a big fight lined up. Um, kind of post-COVID too that I had lined up before COVID hit. Yep. Um, we were meant to fight in London and then, uh, yeah, and then that ended up falling through. Like, I kind of knew it was going to fall through even when it got was like, announced. Um, because it was like right at the start of oh, 2020. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. like, I think it got announced, I, I would assume maybe like February, March, like oh, when you, you kind of, like, you're like, yeah, oh, you could feel the vibe. Yeah. Like gnarly soon. So, um, we're still training obviously as much as we could. And then once everything started to shut down and I was in Sydney, so obviously the lockdowns were a little bit more extreme than what they were here. Um, then we, yeah, kind of just took a break, finally got back into it. First fight back was a dub. Um, that was awesome and a really good performance, I think, by me after having like a little layoff. And then um, finally relined up this good fight again. 
um, with someone that kind of had like a bit of a following and a bit of a trajectory of her own. And then, um, yeah, go, momentum going my way, get up kicked, fall into a triangle, don't know what's happening, wake up in the triangle, kind of like. Yeah, yeah that like, sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is shit. Um, and even like, it's funny because she fought on the weekend and I always wonder like if she like thought that that's what happened or like, you know, like, yeah. I don't, you never know what they think like happened because uh, – I think I kind of hid that I was rocked from the up kick pretty well. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I'm, she was like, I was really surprised that she tapped because it wasn't really on that well. But she's like, I think she was a bit rocked and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that's like, that's an accurate like yeah. assessment of like the performance. And that's kind of what happened. So it's kind of just interesting how that went. But um, Cause she, she's kind of doing pretty good in, in the like Bellator <laughs> sort of um, deal, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, um, she went uh, from, I might get this wrong, but. Um, she went like four and zero in her first four fights with Bellator. Yeah. Um, and obviously being from Ireland, she's Welsh. I'm pretty sure, but um, she lives in Ireland and um has done for a while. So she goes to SBG, which is obviously a great yeah. name. And yeah. and uh, Jim. What is it with you and fighting SBG? People? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> but that's got a picture of you on the wall, like, like in the chick yeah. in, in the dressing rooms. <laughs> I got told that one. I can't remember who it was. Someone, yeah, someone said that. But um. And then, like, I'm f- kind of friends with Coach Kavanagh as well because of, like, um, sometimes I'll pass a line on the altar and, like, um, the Wimta Warrior kind of yeah, stuff as well. Yeah, and that's yeah. always been cool. So, it's funny. I think, like, you know, it's all respect. It's just a fight Nothing game. respect. Yeah. But, yeah. But at the same time, like, yeah, SVG, I, like, see them again. I'm like, yeah, I have to win this. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah. like, more on the line kind yeah. of thing. Um, but it's sick because it's, like, obviously they bring such a big name and the, they draw such a great crowd from the Irish, like, fan yeah, base, yeah. which, as we know, is crazy, um, to Bellator. And, like, obviously, Connor did a lot of his stuff in the UFC, but having that connection with the SBG guys and having so many of those guys, um, oh, I always forget his name, Shabalima or whatever it is, um, and a couple of the other, like, stars from that gym yeah. um, coming over to Bellator and doing really well, that's always, like, really positive for us. And then, obviously, I get to fight him, so that's kind of yeah. secondhand as well. Um, and she had that momentum. She was doing a little bit of the broadcasting and stuff as well, especially yeah. in, like, yeah. the European, UK kind of area because they do have, like, random shows in, um, like, Paris and, like, I don't know, just, like, mm. um Rome and and all sorts of stuff like that so um once they've kind of hit that european demographic then i think they like to use people from over there which is always really good yeah so yeah so i guess she had like a good momentum with that and and then just um having i guess her country in that kind of area of the world get behind her was kind of positive for me because i knew skill wise i could beat her and um when it first got matched up i was really excited then it fell through and then when it got matched up again i was kind of in like I think the best shape of my life, like definitely that fight, I always sort of think like that was my best camp and my best shape. Yeah. I had a few things go wrong still as usual, but um, it was still like coming into fight week and everything was really good. And she didn't make weight. And so that was just like a little edge for me in a sense. Like it wasn't like, a, oh, she didn't make weight. She's going to be heavy. Like we're all going to be heavy. Like, yeah, everyone's <laughs> like, getting... a couple of kilos isn't going to make a difference. Like, yeah. And it just, in my mind, when people don't make weight, it's like, oh, that's like a head fuck for you. Cause you yeah. don't have like this head noise going in. It was her first fight i believe in america um because all of all of her other fights had been in either like the uk or like somewhere over there like so coming from all the way from ireland like you would know to like that's a long way to get to yeah, america yeah. like it's a long haul flight it's a lot of like time difference and adjusting and all these things i think maybe like that all played a factor so everything was definitely in my like favor but it just didn't work out and i uh, there must be a reason for it and i'm 
still kind of like navigating that but then i um probably sets up a cool rematch though yeah and and i mean she did just win her last fight against the girl that i just lost to and then the fight before that she lost to a girl that i beat so yeah, it's like this okay. weird triangle and yeah. stuff as well so um i think that makes for um maybe she might line up with another girl first um so like she gets a win you get a win or a loss because yeah. i'm coming off a loss because she, um, there's another lady, Arlene Blanco from Australia, who um, we love and um, represents us so well. She's been sitting at the one and two. She should be one. She should be um, the number one contender. But um, Kent Zingano is the number one contender. So she's now two. But she's been sitting there yeah, for yeah. what I'm assuming is like four years, five years, yeah, whatever. Right. So like been sitting there for a long time. So What's her name? Arlene Blanco. Pull, pull her up. Group. She just recently, A-R-L-E-N-E. And it should be the Aussie girl. Just recently for uh, Chris Cyborg and Hawaii. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Dude, that would have been sick. I've been a little bit out of the uh, out of the MMA world yeah. recently, so that's, right. that's I'm actually excited. We'll bring you back. Yeah, in. I'm excited <laughs> to talk just to like just to catch me back up. Yeah, yeah. I've watched like the big UFC cards, but yeah, I just haven't been out of like, like normally. I'm trying to watch like a lot of stuff. It's hard. Fuck, it gets hard. There's so many motocross races oh. and like Formula One and MotoGP. Like, there's a lot going on at the moment. So. And then there's so many combat sports like like boxing adcc adcc oh was oh we should go oh deep into that we're gonna too. go deep in that what was it <laughs> b l um b l e n c o w e yeah blank out oh there you go that's bang it. yeah let's give her some love go to she, like images or like uh, um yeah even a topology is quite good yeah ex um world champion boxer um, she looks like a beast. Transition, absolute beast. Like one of the hardest workers I know. That's sick. Absolute beast. Um, mother of two. That looks like a war. Click yeah, into that one. That Bell's was the first fight. I'm oh, so sure. they fought. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they fought twice. Once in, I'm trying to get this timeline right, but about, I'd say 2020 or 2021. Yeah. And then again, um, no, it'd be 2020. Or maybe, I don't know. Man, if you go the distance with Cyborg beast the last fight they had i was blessed enough to be on that same card in really? hawaii and we're out here in the middle of hawaii and you know like what those guys are like the brothers yeah, are going yeah. crazy and these guys put on an absolute phenomenal fight like a war but a phenomenal fight chris cyborg's ticker is just like second to none but arlene like had this there's grit and I haven't seen in a little while. And I think she would say the same, like if she, she had been asked the question. Um, and I, I did kind of speak to her before and after, but she, um, she was like, I just wanted it like yeah, really yeah, badly. Yeah. And like you, it, sometimes it's hard to express that, but she expressed that like, like she never took a backward step kind of thing. She, yeah, she always yeah. like pushed forward, even when she got, I think knocked down maybe in like the third round or something like that. Um, she just came back and literally like, it was like, she didn't get knocked down. She just like bit down on her mouth guard and just came. It was just such a great fight. It was an yeah. inspiring fight. It was one of those yeah. fights that you're watching and you're just like, I want even like the winner or loser. It doesn't matter who's winning or yeah. losing right yeah. now. Just, I want to be these guys. I want to have that motivation and that integrity and like, yeah, like that kind of push. And, um, it was just phenomenal, especially cause because she has fought for the title, I think three times maybe yeah. i might be wrong um so that was for the title yeah yeah yep. and so narrowly missing a few times and I, I think she knew that this was kind of one of her last 
hits for the title because then it's always hard to run it back around like yeah, you lose yeah. like the Rob Whitakers and all that sort of stuff yeah um you lose for the title but then you've got to you know go back Work to your way back. contenders and, and then they're throwing just like killers at you as well yeah. you know so you've got to like <clears throat> walk through these killers that are already in line for the yeah. title as well and she's too good for the killers but like just just that missing tiny the, step yeah. On, yeah yeah and so it's just like that really hard thing but you could see that in the fight it was almost like she represented that storyline or yeah, if, it, yeah. if you would in that fight so that was like definitely a must watch for anyone who's listening um to go back to the chris cyborg arlene blanco too in hawaii um yeah. which was like may april may or whatever could you feel that like energy that. in hawaii too because like oh. it's a fucking gnarly place man like if you've ever been in the trenches in hawaii like not staying at waikiki but like if you've ever stayed anywhere outside of it no joke yeah like i'm very lucky that i've spent a lot of time in san diego and so i've been like pretty much surrounded by hawaiians for like the last year or so yeah and so like it was just fitting for me to come back and like fight in hawaii um after my first eye surgery and i was just like this is amazing I literally landed and yeah, we, ha- we, we stayed in Waikiki cause like obviously What's um, easy. we're at the Blaisdell yeah. as well. So like you're kind of right in the center um, of downtown and then um, just like from the, from landing, I was just like the aloha is like aloha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, I get it now. And like me and my friend James, um, you might know Jimmy. From yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so Shout I took to him Jimmy. over. Fucking Shout out to Jimmy and Jiu Jitsu. Top G. One of my favorite people in the world. Yeah, Best yeah. person to take over to Hawaii with me. Also from New Zealand. So we're like, you know, we're like Polynesian. We're out here yeah. like we'll fit in. And um, I kept calling him a Howley because he's white, but he's like probably more Maori than me. And, <laughs> and it's hilarious. So we're just enjoying like just learning the culture and understanding it. Like I knew a little bit, obviously by being around a lot of Hawaiians, but it's not nothing like when you're over there, like the, what we call mana. I'm pretty sure they use that same word in Hawaiian language as well. Like it's just so prominent there. And it was awesome. And like, even like coming off a loss, walking outside the cage, I was like, no, nah, I got to do my chi hu. Like, I got to chi hu to these guys. Like, that's what they're here for. And I chi hu'd, and like, I'm getting like pulled away by like, because they want to like rush you out and um, yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff, get the next people on. And the crowd went ballistic. And I was like, this is amazing. I was like, <laughs> shout out to the poly, like, bros and sisters that were in, like, all the aunties that were in the yeah. crowd and everyone that was just like vibing. Like, it, like, that'll be definitely one of my top memories of of my fighting career for sure just fighting in hawaii and being like so lucky to like be accepted and be polynesian and yeah. all these things i was just like, do you have any like say in that like going forward like you can say to the bellator guys like hey fuck put me back in like any hawaiian card like i want to be on that card yeah i've definitely like made that known a lot and then just sometimes it just doesn't work out like yeah obviously everyone wants to go on a hawaii card too so True. it's like <laughs> yeah. can we can we go fight and have a holiday in hawaii and then they we have like with bellator especially a lot of hawaiian fighters as well because yeah right. um and i think that's like uh definitely scott coca but more rich chow um are definitely a big like supporter and fan of um polynesian kind of mma which is really really cool i think that's one of the reasons that i'm with bellator as well yeah um someone like that and then um you look at like a Lim Lay mcfarlane and um now we've got yancy Mirdos and um bobby green and like a few other just like hammers um yeah. if i could say um from hawaii and so the following over there is just crazy and like fighting is crazy over there. Yeah, like yeah. everyone loves a scrap and like <laughs> even like sitting because we had a, a card on friday and a card on saturday okay so i weighed in on friday and then we were like oh we gotta go you know like we gotta go watch it was uh liz karmush versus um the last champion um who is really really good but anyway they fought for the flyweight title yeah 
and um and yeah it was just like being in the crowd and i literally sat like in in the crowd i kind of went towards the back a little bit because mm. i just wanted to like duck in and duck. like get it yeah because yeah, yeah. i was like i just can't wait and i can wait in i'm trying to like snack i have like all these snacks there sitting out <laughs> the fights like but it's really cool and then um yeah just like listening to everyone in the crowd being like one two like <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. two three and you're like nah bro that's not right but okay like yeah <laughs> i really love yeah. the enthusiasm <laughs> but it's just about yeah the fact that they're like invested like yeah. in anyone too like which is really, really cool and i was just like that's like a different crowd to the australian crowd different crowd to new zealand crowd and american crowd like from like the mainland crowd that i've experienced which is really really cool yeah we i got to spend we, we did like a video project there i yeah. like built a track on Kauai, and then we like flew these dudes over like i had to, I had to live there for pretty much six weeks Must be so it was it was it actually it was pretty <coughs> gnarly like because yeah. I, I got fairly cool. local you know yeah. and it was like there was a lot of politics going on like people wanted didn't want this here and they Rally. wanted everyone wanted yeah yeah everyone wanted like a piece of the pie for like us being there so i got like a real education in like legitimate hawaiian culture yeah and it's fucking no joke like there's some good there's some bad and there's like you know i kind of got a real sense of i guess that place and the people and how proud they are of like their land and it yeah. was uh but in that that being said lifelong friends came Absolutely. out of that trip it was crazy and it's like just like for anyone listening like when you, if you go to Hawaii, go to Waikiki, go to Honolulu, enjoy it for sure. But just be very mindful of the respecting the the place, respecting the people, and respecting the culture because because like, they have respect for themselves. Yes, and they're very staunch on their beliefs, just yeah, like yeah, the rest of us yeah. Polynesians. They're very staunch on um, the the if spots and maybes and like just like you know just basic stuff like take reusable water bottles and mm. um, try not to pollute the the land. Like uh, try try shop local, try eat local. Like Waikiki and Honolulu are are great and they're obviously very easy to navigate um but go to like if you're on oahu go to haleiva go yeah. go up north shore like yeah. um but ask and um and don't take anything from from the beaches and with you like don't like remove that ask and um for approval to go to like some of the uh kind of private beaches yeah um get, try get a local to take you around you know and then that will definitely help you um respect yeah just respect yeah. the place i feel like it's all common sense stuff but even me when i was over there knowing all of this and having all this and like living like when i'm in san diego i stay with alima uh, lee mcfarlane who's like the staunchest little flyweight i've ever met in my <laughs> life and um ex-flyweight bellator champion um from oahu as well but just very um conservative and just understanding of all of the hawaiian culture and everything like that she she doesn't just like talk it online and yeah tell yeah, people yeah, to you know yeah. do this and that she literally she threw a luau which is like a big you know yeah. barbecue kind of celebration thing or whatever and to a tea we had recycling bins we had water bottles that were in the jason momoa water bottles that are like stainless steel yeah. um all of the cutlery and like um paper and stuff was all paper and um, wood and recyclable um, you know, everything to a T was thought about and was respected and done in the most, um, like, I guess, like sustainable, yeah, yeah, yeah sustainable yeah. way that was going to help, like, yeah, the place and, um, for that. And then obviously just, she just supported local. She had local vendors. She had local, like we had like a monster truck, like a monster kind of, um, 
tent and then um then just some other local vendors and some people that were representing the culture and then we had obviously hawaiian and polynesian music i'm from some local artists but some of the, like the best artists in hawaii like ellie mac and some of the other people i was like you know like this is not a low level luau like yeah, this was yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. but um still to a t everything was just like phenomenal and immaculate and she practiced what she preaches and i think if you're ever like concerned about um the right or wrong thing to do so that would definitely be a resource i would use to like reference because she's always going on about you know keeping hawaiian hands and hawaiian um hawaiian lands and hawaiian hands and that's just like i feel like that's everywhere now especially but like really come around just across the board huh yeah and uh, but it's like when you look at a place like that which is just a bunch of islands off the mainland like they're really limited in being able to um integrate into the mainland like that's their next choice if they get pushed out of their own land and they can't afford it and it's way way past the median income yeah, over yeah, there, yeah. A, a house and whatever um so you're pushing out locals to the mainland that's a big huge uh, culture jump well, they're basically moving countries yeah and so it's like that's affecting so much more than just like like waikiki and all these things yeah. it's it's affecting that culture and it's affecting the lineage that they're gonna try continue on so it's just like i get that maybe like people had good intentions buying land over there or having a holiday home or um some investors or whatever it was like i'm not saying people are malicious in their intent yeah but now that we understand how it's negatively like it's impacting yeah, yeah. yeah like some of my friends live over there and pay ridiculous amounts in rent and all that sort of stuff and they're like born and raised there and yeah. i'm just like that doesn't you know make sense and um i guess everywhere's definitely dealing with inflation but when you think hawaii's gonna be like i'd say like 20 30 more expensive than sydney yeah <laughs> which doesn't make sense like in even in the local areas like full local and like these guys don't even have like street lights in some areas yeah. and it's yeah. like dirt roads and still the inflation is like alive and well over there so just it's crazy to see when you like really go out into the hills like it's still very underdeveloped and like yeah. but in a good way like in people like they are don't li- want it yeah like they're living good they're, but yeah there's not crazy traffic lights it's like a lot of dirt roads but yeah it's like uh, i think hawaii is a lot different than what most people would would actually think yeah and it, yeah and it's so beautiful for that reason oh, that's crazy and so that's why they're trying to you know keep that and i think like just respecting that's good but it's so f- i was just like I was like, I love the Gold Coast, don't get me wrong, like I just said, but I was like, man, this is pretty close. Like, (laughs) I could live here for the rest of my life, absolutely. Like, say less. And like, some of those beaches, oh my God. Yeah, and the waves are heavy. (laughs) Like, it's a totally different ocean, eh? Like, I I started surfing in California, pretty much. Mm. And um, and I was like, yeah, I've been surfing like a year. And when I'd spent this month in Hawaii, I was like, I'm keen to go surf over there. Like a two foot wave in Hawaii felt like a seven foot wave in California. I was could not fucking believe it. Almost drowned the first time I tried to go out. Didn't even make it out the back. <laughs> just got sent back in. There were a bunch of local dudes laughing at me. I was like, yeah, yeah I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I earned that. But um, all my friends are always like trying to um, say that they're going to teach me how to surf. Like all my Hawaiian friends. And then when we got to Hawaii, I was like, I'm not learning here. Like yeah. this is crazy. Like Waikiki like- is perfect. Though. Yeah. I had that. one of the best days of my life in surfing in Waikiki. Kiki, we just rented boards. The waves were like three foot and just perfect coming off the bay. And then there were like these yachts that were kind of out the back. And then there was just like people partying on these on these uh, like yeah. sailboats and yachts and stuff. So we'd like paddle over, get a mai tai, have a drink, catch some waves. Yeah, it's it's a fucking vibe. Yeah, and there's a lot of aloha for that. So yeah, because like that's the cool thing about 
obviously it's beautiful but then you got that culture of it and that culture is really warm welcoming yeah yeah obviously they're staunch in their beliefs like we're saying but they're still really warm and now like like they want to educate you like i went into like the you know that um honolulu cookie um you would have seen like it's everywhere like it's everywhere in Haikiki, uh waikiki and honolulu um it's like just a cookie place like they're just like short oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. like the little rectangular yeah with the pineapple they look like pineapples or whatever and i was like i was just mucking around and we were um we were staying in for the first week bellator put us in um the hilton like resort yeah and so there's like shops and stuff in there and i'm just like fucking around i can't eat anything can't yeah yeah, i've done enough training for the day so just walking around trying to keep my mind um thing and i walk into that cookie place and um I don't even uh, the lady must must have just been like oh where are you from what what are you here for kind of general touristy talk and I was like you oh you can pass this to wine too yeah. when you're just there yeah, yeah. which is cool and yeah. when I was hanging out with all my Hawaiian friends yeah, I was like yeah. trying to get my pigeon on and it wasn't really working but, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like oh I could do this <laughs> and then like most people just thought I was Hawaiian and then yeah. I'd speak and they'd be like oh wait what where are you from <laughs> yeah and it was cool because that would, like would spark up a convo and then she was like I was like oh the I'm with the Bellator crew like there's fights on this weekend and it's funny like even these like what i would say civilian kind of people that are kind of a little bit more square straight edge i still like what there's fights on i didn't know there was fights on because they're such mad fight fans they're just like oh we want to go to the scraps like what are you talking about like and you're like yeah sweet um so that kind of ends up being like a really good conversation whereas i think sometimes in like say australia or even like america and stuff like that if you have a conversation about mma they're like oh oh yeah oh, that's, yeah, that's nice but like you know why are you doing that like that's yeah ridiculous yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah, like, yeah yeah so it's like a bit of a different kind of yeah vibe about it whereas like in hawaii everyone was just like oh we didn't even know there was fights on like like, can we get tickets? Yeah. Can we go? How do we watch? Kind of thing. Who's on? Whatever. And then, like, once you say it's like a like a local boy that's on, they're just like, oh, we know him. Like, yeah, Kai and all these other guys that were from like the area. So that was really cool. Um, but anyway, she was just like, I got like two cookies or whatever, and it was like two for six dollars, and she just jammed like ten more in. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's like four times the amount of what I just paid. But thank you so much. She was like, have more. And sis, if you need more, just come back. Like, and I was what like, I was like, this is like that, you know, aloha that they talk yeah. about. And yeah. it's just because like, yeah, because I'm a fighter, because they like love it and they want to like support in some sort of way, even if it was with cookies or whatever. Like, I'm just like, it was that everywhere. Like every cafe that you went into, you'd ask a question, they'd give you a whole paragraph info about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, and they'd make sure you, they're like, do you want us to like book it or like get you there or walk you down the, you know, like, I was like, this is like amazing. This is that Polynesian. That spirit is like that a that is like a poly spirit for sure. Yeah, huh? which we love, and that just made me like enjoy it even more. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've, I want to go back there. Eh? We're gonna we'll do a trip. Yeah, I want to. Uh, my, you know, Jack Freestone surfer. He's he's on Kauai, so I've been oh, like trying nice. to. Yeah, he's yeah. he's uh, he's married to Alana Blanchard. So she's oh, like the yeah, yeah the surfer chick. Yeah. So like they're over in Kauai. Nice. There's like heaps of jiu-jitsu there too. Yes. Like oh my, there's so heaps of much. MMA. Yeah, like yeah, just yeah. Just in general, like, yeah. um, and then I went to Maui for a day, and uh, literally a day. I've never been to Maui. Oh, Is highly recommend. Yeah. yeah, it's like, um, probably. I might get this wrong, but what I think is like the second most built up after Oahu. I think it is. Yeah. 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 So it's like, it's still, but it's still local. It's a, like a much way. It's way more, different. Less like, vibe than yeah, like, Kauai is the same. Like yeah. it's, it's still developed and it's still yeah. like a, it's like a Gold Coast kind of vibe, but just not, not the high rises, not as touristy sort of deal. And it's not like Hilo, which is like, 
like Big Island will be like even more dirt roady kind of yeah, local, yeah, local, yeah. local. Like to get from one place to another, it's like local, local. But whereas Maui's kind of like a little good mix, like definitely way more relaxed, but still, um, I would compare it almost to like a little Bali in a sense, like where yeah, you just yeah. kind of like I can go to the beach and go get drinks or whatever, and then like um like go to like a cafe or whatever. And like the girls, um, my two mates, um, from over there, I stayed with. Um, one of my friend's families, um, which made it even better because I just felt like I was experiencing a little bit like more. Like a bit more like authentic version. Yeah. And like her mom's um, Samoan and like not like she's like first generation Samoan. So she's like what I know from my Samoan friends. Like I'm just like, oh, this makes it feel like home almost. Yeah. Because like obviously in Australia and New Zealand, we have a lot of Samoans. And then um, and she, so she's half Samoan and half um, Hawaiian but no she's actually just half i'm pretty sure she's half american because her dad's actually from the east coast oh really? he's from like connecticut or something like massachusetts or connecticut somewhere yeah, like that because right. i remember when i heard it, i was like he's wait what east. i was like yeah. you're a howley like yeah. proper like <laughs> yeah. that's hilarious and so um it was just good staying with her enjoying her family her family was just absolutely amazing like treating me like i was like some i don't know superstar or whatever and i was like this is amazing i was like auntie please just like don't fuss about me because it's it's giving me anxiety i yeah, need to yeah, fu- yeah. be fussing about you yeah, like yeah. i need to be helping you but they were amazing and then um showed me around and i just got to see like all the local spots and all the little things and then my other friend is from hilo but um she lived in maui for a long time so she was like this is my one of my gyms this is the other gym we literally just went like gym hopping and then we went to like someone's garage and did pad work in the garage and then like i was like this is the stuff that takes me back to like you know og days of um being on the local scene and you know that's kind of would be one of the cool things about being a professional fighter is like there's those blocks where you have to do your camp and it's like super structured and it's just like regimented and you're just there to fucking grind and that's like where the money's getting made and then it's like for i know for you like you're a person that just loves training you're not like a camp and then chill camp and then chill but to be out of then kind of like cruise around and just get different influences like that to me is where like the art of being a fighter would come in is like traveling experiencing these new places like hitting pads in a hawaiian you know backyard like that would be the dopest part of kind of your job in a sense yeah and i think it's like anyone that has a sport or a skill or whatever you can when you travel you get to explore that yeah. individual skill like yeah. in so many different avenues and you can share that that's your language like yeah. no matter where you are you know what culture you're in like if you're in it asia or whatever yeah. yeah you're just like let's punch on oh yep see like <laughs> roger <laughs> yeah. and we'll go and like and so it's like it's definitely something that i've been always very like um consciously grateful of to be able to do something like that and have that language wherever i go in the world so i get to share it with other people i get to like you know conversate about the ufc that was on the weekend or yeah, i get yeah. to sit down and um and roll with these guys or spar with these people or hip pads or whatever like oh that's something that i'll always be grateful for and something that nobody can kind of take away from you in a sense if i have zero dollars in my account i can still sit with someone and talk about martial arts you know what i mean like it doesn't matter like where you're at in life it's just something that you've kind of built and it comes from years of experience and years of um you know putting the work in to be able to then travel to then be able to use that work that and experience um, yeah. in other experiences. So it's just like kind of like stems off each other. Yeah. And I love the, it's one of the things I just love about like jujitsu in general, but I think it translates to all martial arts is like, you can have not $1 in your bank account, but be dope as fuck at jujitsu and people are going to, you're going to be respected. You're going to have a, like a place to go. You're going to have a way that you can make money. You know, you can coach, you could, you know, there's like, yeah. there's so many, like just like having that skill. It's something that 
literally no one could take that away from you like especially i think about being a black belt in jiu-jitsu you know like i even i I tell like some younger dudes in the gym that it's like just fucking do jiu-jitsu bro like do an apprentice you know an apprenticeship you get a black belt by the time you're like 24 25 like you've done your apprenticeship now you have this trade like you literally have a trade that no one can take off you you can go to any gym in the world and go hey i'm a black belt i want to help teach them classes or yeah. hey i'm a black belt like i want to do if you take the kids classes like start at the very low level yep. whatever yep. you can even if you're a blue belt and you take the kids classes because you're good with people or whatever it is and do a couple of privates with some of the like free trial guys or whatever it is like it's it's a skill that and it, it was like a little bit more niche a while ago. Obviously, it's getting more popular, but it's still pretty niche and it's still growing. I mean, There's like not we saw ADCC, many. so we, it's still growing in avenues where you can make money. Like there was a while, like a very like a five year period probably when you wouldn't have done jujitsu as a career. Like that's yeah. definitely um, like wasn't going to be monetized in a way. It would be like going to the Olympics kind of thing. Like, yeah, for true. A lot huh? of those guys, yeah. like it's a great feat for sure. And you get to achieve a lot of things and travel, or whatever, but you probably weren't going to like make the big, big bang. Um, but now like now it's a different story. You can sell instructionals. You can yeah. like own a gym. You can just teach at another gym. You can affiliate with other gyms. You can do fight to wins. You can do invitationals. You can do high rollers. You can do ADCC, you can yeah. do whatever, like, and like, and you can win worlds or whatever. And like, all these things are um, stuff that I think weren't available to people a while ago. And then also like now a bit of a niche avenue to do. And, um, and if you're good at it, then it just think I, this is a conversation actually I was having last night with um, one of my friends who's in the music industry. And it's just, whatever you love try think of different ways you can make revenue off that definitely. And it's just like, that's, and he was like, Oh, you're very aware of that. And I was like, well, I gave up everything to do this. So mm. I need to figure out how to make money. Cause I don't have any, like fallback like, yeah you don't have someone bankrolling this nah shit. i don't have like two parents like that are sitting pretty or whatever i have one parent and she's doing all right but i'm i'm doing it for her so that she does better so that yeah. she, i'm doing it so that she can quit her job i'm not yeah. doing it so that she can look after me if i fail kind of thing and i'm making sure that that happens so it's just like once you kind of have that mindset and if you love something enough you're gonna figure out a way to make money out of it like there's like i guarantee that no matter how you think no matter what it is like even if it's like welding or even if it's like i don't know something like very niche something very small something very minimal just be the best at it and find a way to make revenue out of it and then you'll never have to work a day in your life kind of cliche saying but it's so true and then so when you're looking at career paths like ours you've got to think like fighting's great but obviously you get injuries you you have covid or there's all sorts of other factors that are gonna stop me from doing the actual fight i can still train i can still do my social media i can still you know do little bits and pieces that are gonna somehow benefit my brand my network and then my become like a net positive yeah 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 it's obviously something that you've created too yeah like i think about that all the time i mean even you know like so we just went to Cape York. We just did three weeks of that. And it's like the boys come and we filmed it. It's like, uh, would I rather just do that without cameras and without charging batteries and without dumping cards and without... But it's like, yeah, I would. But I can't afford to do that right now. So, <laughs> hey, the fuck come along. We'll make something out of it. You yeah. know, like let's put out a video, make whatever we can off of it. And it's documenting memories. I'm all about being present. But then like when things happen or 
you lose a phone or people pass away or whatever i for look real, back for real and i'm like i'm glad i was on my phone you know like yeah. i'm not I, like i was in the moment i was in the moment absolutely because i always am and anyone that's been around me knows that i like i have a good energy about me that kind of thing so i don't i don't struggle with that integrity in myself yeah. i guess so i'm like if i'm on my phone it's because i want to remember this and because i'm not always in this country i'm not always in this city or i'm not in the, always in this place and so when i I'm old and gray or whatever. I can look back on all these memories and I've, if they're on Instagram and posted, then I, they're there forever kind of thing. So yeah. if I lose that phone or somehow my shit gets hacked or whatever, I don't know, um, then it's still kind of there. There's still versions of it in different yep. places yep. and that kind of thing. And like that kind of happened to me recently. I was like, I'm glad I took all these videos. I'm glad I did all this stuff. And like, and as much as you make money off what you're doing, but you're also making these memories that it is true, these yeah. guys will be able to, like, you don't realize, it's that cliche thing. You don't realize that they're the best years of your life until after kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And like, these are the best years of our lives. These are moments that we're probably not going to be able to replicate. Yeah, we'll be able to keep doing cool other stuff, but it's going to be a different vibe. It's going to be a different journey when we're older and we're in, at different stages of our life. We have kids, we have whatever it is. So th like, enjoy it, enjoy yeah. it, document it, remember it. And re and if you can remember it in a crazy aesthetic way, that's even better. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I think too, th this year was like, my dad probably won't ever be able to do it again. Like his he's 60, his body's fucking up. And that's probably the last time that he's riding to the top. And then we had like a full crew filming the whole thing. And it's like, I'll always have that. And like my dad will actually always have that. Like once that video is made, he's always going to be able to watch himself ride to the tip. And there's going to be, you know, like 30 years of his life where like physically he won't be able to do a lot of the things that he used to be able to do. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it like, man maybe this will be rad for him to just sit back and watch like in those years you know he's like 80 yeah and he's like bang put that on it's like fuck that was such a good trip like you actually remember you know like you get those feelings and yeah. like you really refill the vibe of, of like what you did but it's like i think it's just that the to speak to your point before it's like i'll just figure out a way to like live the life i want to live and I'll just work around it. Yeah. And I think that I've always kind of done that, you know, like yeah. I've always thought about how do I like do the things that I want to do and then just make a little bit of cash off the side of it. And, mm -hmm. and I was a guy that like, I've had a ton of different jobs and not jobs like businesses that I've started. And like, this is the one that really worked for me in, in a sense. And it's like, you know that all those people if i listen to all those people all those years like dude you just need to get a job like maybe you just need to get some solid income or it's like well then i wouldn't have done this so you know like be a fuck up for 10 years if, yeah. that's, if that's what it takes like cruise around really find your fail lane often. you know what i mean yeah fucking oath fail as much as you can like then that is like something that you hear i guess when you're coming up and you don't really understand it until you understand mm, it i think yeah 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 you're just like oh now i'm on my 10th fail i get what you mean yeah i'm yeah. better for it and yep. i'm like it's pushing me into that next direction and this is where i was meant to go everything happens for a reason all those cliche things they end up you end up realizing them and they They're make cliche sense for a reason. yeah when uh, when you're surrounding yourself with people that are positive and that have done that pathway too like have the dream first fail a bunch of times and yeah. then it'll work itself out like like you just said what's one of the, what's out. something that's happened to you recently where like so I, i've had a few things recently where it's like you look at it objectively like right in the moment you're like fuck that's bad but then i've been able to just be like nah it's all good 
Yeah. So this this has a long tail, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure this has a way of working out in the end. Like, have you got any of those recently where you like stopped yourself from being bummed because you knew yes. at some point it would pay you back? I, I think like, I mean, uh, this happens to me a lot, but like the way I learned that, I think I'm going to use this as an example. The way I learned that was from fighting, like, and losing like mm. losing and fighting feels like the end of the world like you've just done like eight weeks and you've traveled and you've cut weight and you've done all the stuff and that last fight um going back to the timeline basically i lost that fight last year i got stuck in a lockdown i went to san diego so that i could at least train and then i got an eye surgery and then i went back to the fighting um and then i got another eye surgery after the last fight so it was it was pretty crazy because i had literally i got the eye surgery in december at christmas um like two days before christmas and then um they told me to have like a month off obviously and then um i pretty much after like i think two or three weeks of training went into camp so from having like a long time off and getting off a of surgery and all those repercussions that happens with that. Um, I went straight into camp. So I shocked my body. It was rough. It was really rough. It was a really rough camp. I didn't enjoy one minute of it. Uh, I tried to so much. I'm always trying to be that person that's trying to bring the positive. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, it was a, I had a lot of weight to cut. And um, so that really takes the fun out of it. Um, I was kind of banging everything together last minute and I, I had just moved back to the Gold Coast because of the eye surgeries. And so I'd put a lot of pressure on the gym kind of to, you know, give me what I needed and the resources that I needed to um, be where I was when I'd only been back for like a month or two. Um, but, you know, I found the right gyms. I found the right people. And I was, I'm always very lucky that I'm from here and that kind of thing. But um, and then I fought cut maybe like in the last week i think i did like seven kilos Damn. Um, so it's like big for a girl like i i can do it and i did it healthy and luckily i've got a fantastic you dietitian. Jordy? yeah yeah best in the world uh, yeah tft yeah. um the fight dietitian geordie so i like that that is another thing that i'm very grateful for so like obviously if i had all that weight to cut and i didn't have someone as knowledgeable as him it would have been a different you wouldn't story no nah. and i mean like as much as i hated it i was one i was in hawaii it was not that hard to be you know sad um and then uh two i just i didn't i i didn't really like um i didn't overthink it and i didn't do it bad so i wasn't like cutting into any storage of my body that was going to be um negatively impacting my health so that that and at the end of the day i did it pretty easily which is good like i did seven kilos seven kilos is a lot it's never going to be easy but i did it easily for my body which was cool yeah and i had a lot of muscle mass and that always makes a difference and everything like that so i cut all the weight made weight um yeah it was a big feat to even be in there you know i'd hardly even sparred because i was still getting used to the eye i can't see that well out of that left eye really? now yeah so <sighs> that's all the whole you know adjustment thing and um and then i lost and that, like it was just like a three round kind of stand up fight that was just like i found it like watching it back i found it pretty boring I didn't like fight. you just didn't get going i just didn't yeah i didn't pull any trigger in my brain yeah. my brain's like yelling at myself i'm like go like yeah. go dude like yeah let's go let's go let's go like and it's hard to and do I can sometimes hear it from the corner and i'm like and i just couldn't like i i don't know what was going on but it's just like did um, you take any big shots nah see sometimes like protected this is, myself from that so this is me right armchair fucking quarterback right now just the most this is the Go most off base person to give you a fucking comment about fighting. <laughs> it's like the times where i surfed good i took a fucking big hit early 
like first like you just for for me surfing wise like if you go over the falls like you just try and take off on one late and you just go over the fucking falls and just get completely destroyed and then you get back up and you're like oh fuck it's not that bad like (laughs) i can actually deal with it and i always look at those fights and i'm like sometimes maybe you just need to get fucking smacked like just straight up and then like <laughs> like shake it off and be like, like be like it's not that bad like i can fucking do this you know yeah so that's my like sometimes i look at those fights and i'm like fuck maybe one of you guys just needs to eat a shot and just get the fucking ball roll like know that you're in the fight yeah no on- honestly you are on the money like uh, like and that happened with my karate days happened with a whole lot of stuff but like sometimes even inspiring i'll need like a little mm. thing to be like oh yeah like, i mean yeah like, i got this i, I can like, take a yeah, shot go and it's it's so crazy i've had so many fights and i still each time you're a little bit in your head and then i guess this time i was even further in my head because of the eye and i was trying you to protect so it and, and yeah and i knew i needed to get another surgery after this fight so i shouldn't have really gone in with that mindset knowing that i don't want to make it worse than what it already is i like i didn't I didn't do anything dodgy with my medicals. Technically, I did everything by the book, but the medical system allowed me to loop through a little bit. Like, we have great medicals. Like, MMA, we have to get MRIs on our head. We get our eye checks, all that sort of stuff. My eyes were in date, so... It, that, oh, so they didn't have to so check your eyes check because you have already done it. Yeah, and so... I didn't really know if I was meant to be fighting because at the end of the day, ophthalmologists are no MMA expert, which is understandable because they don't know understand the sport, which is not obviously their niche. Yeah. Um, my ophthalmologist has been absolutely amazing in working with me to, you know, understand that I'm not going to quit fighting. So he's done his best and at his best amount of knowledge of the sport. Um, and he, he hasn't told me, obviously he was like, it's best if you stop, but you're obviously not gonna. So this is what we're going to do to help you on that journey, um, which is great. But no one necessarily knows whether or not you are or aren't meant to go mm. back. So, mm. um, and I, but it's just all at the same risk. It's all at the same risk, I guess, if I hadn't had all these issues and that was my mindset. But then knowing that I had to get another surgery, that maybe was just playing in the back of my mind. And then, so I think I just never pulled the trigger. And like, the only problem is the four ounce gloves, you know, like you can't just, take a shot yeah, you know what i mean problem. like yeah, and that's the problem yeah. and like and if it hits me in the eye then i can't do that either and that sort of thing because they are smaller gloves like if it was like even tens or eights like with the like with the no fingers kind of thing like yeah. proper gloves like boxing gloves yeah that's the only problem with my sweet. theory mm. is that you just eat that one yeah. and it's that one that can fucking put the you. one that yeah, like yeah, kind of yeah. got with the jesiado kind of vibes or yeah, something yeah, like that yeah. and you're just like damn like that's like not what we want to risk which but it's like you want to kind of get into a little bit of a firefight. Just get in a scrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just get in yeah. the range a little bit more. Be like, yeah, in danger a little bit more. And yeah, then just yeah. jump out and be like, yeah. yeah. And every time, every time you get hit with four ounce gloves in a fight, you're just like, oh, it's not even that bad. Like, yeah. It's so crazy because everyone's like, how do you manage it or whatever, whatever? How do you deal with it? And you're like, it's so weird to say this, but it's not that bad. Like, in the moment, it in doesn't. In the moment, yeah. You're not feeling it. Adrenaline's the there. Yeah, yeah. You're obviously thinking about the competition. You're thinking about winning. You're thinking about the technical side of things. You're like, I need to get points. You know, I need to do this, this, that. I, I want to get it to the ground. I want to stay on the feet, whatever. You're always thinking about all that sort of stuff. If something glides on your forehead, you're kind of just like, oh, that's a point down. You're not really yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's ones and uh, every now and again, like big bings that you're like, oh, shit. 
like that. Yeah. Oh, I got a little bit hazy there, but we're, you we're had to back on. The yeah, neck up for it. yeah, yeah. Should have kept my chin down a bit, <laughs> yeah. or I got caught off guard, or whatever. If you get knocked down or something like that, yeah, that's definitely a wake up call. But um, in the general, like just the the like probably I'd say like eighty percent of the shots thrown in like three round fights are just like you know you know scrapers, and you're just like yeah, I'm good. I'm I can I can handle that. I'm, I've done this before. But for, yeah, whatever reason, I just kind of never got to that point. Like yeah. you're saying, I never got to the, it's not that bad. It wasn't that bad. And I mean, I was still taking some shots, um, but I never engaged enough. I, ne- I I wasn't doing like second phase attacks and all these other things that I looked back and critiqued. But um, it was just kind of like a shit way to lose. Because <laughs> yeah. you're just like, I just let myself down there. Like You'd rather go like, out on your yeah, sword kind of thing. I'd rather us have like, I'd rather, I definitely got what I think is the best version of my opponent at that time, Dana Silva. Um, and I feel like I should have given her my best version so that we could have, you know, really found out who was the ultimate fighter after that. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like a bit of a disappointment thing. But um, I literally left the cage, like I said, Chihood, and went out the back and I got to share the um, my corner room with um, Alima, who was the co-main event, maybe, or main event. Oh, no, yeah, she was co-main. Um, and she's obviously Hawaiian from Oahu. So she had this massive walkout thing organized with a performance, um, speaking on the keeping Hawaiian lands and Hawaiian mm. hands and um, a full cultural and everything like that. And they did like a quick... Um, thing out the back like kind of like a uh, practice thing mm. and um it w- it gave me goosebumps it was like incredible and i just sat there and i was just like you're lucky to be in hawaii you get paid to f- get flown to hawaii to punch people in the face don't be sad like yeah. you don't have a you don't have like the right to be sad like yeah you lost that's you know it is what it is we'll assess it we'll get better we'll, and just spinning it in like that quickly i think um for my last couple to that's be honest super dope. is just like one it's it's a conscious thing and you got to do it and it's harder said than done but it it's so powerful like once Fuck you do yeah. it because then i just enjoyed the rest of my week i got to you know spend a week on oahu go to maui come back to oahu then fly back to san diego spend a i think it was a week or two in san diego and then go back to the Gold Coast, such a horrible place. And yeah. Come back there, you know. Like I was like, I can't be sad. Like, I, like this, this happened for a reason. I took up the fight, obviously for a reason. I had the influence that it was Hawaii, and I really wanted to fight in Hawaii. I maybe rushed myself, whatever. All of these factors played a part for whatever reason that's gonna display itself in the future. And I'm better for the experience. Like, of course, maybe my record isn't. Maybe you know it does affect. It does get stressful being in like a cutthroat industry like this, where you're just like, oh, they're gonna cut me. I'm gonna lose. What am I gonna do next? Who am I gonna fight next? What do I need to do to get myself back in there? Whatever. All that's normal. But at the end of the day, like my life's good. I've got money in the bag, f- a roof over my head, and food on the table. Like shut the fuck up keep doing what you need to do to get back you can't change the past you can only live in the present yeah and Mm. to to make that that call in the moment as well because i always think about i guess just the fact that that voice in your head is really just a tool Mm -hmm. like it's really just there to so you can get like an on like an honest assessment of like like the way you feel is because of a certain thing that happened to you. And it's like, okay, cool. So now I'm feel I feel anxiety about this bill that hasn't been paid. All right, I need to pay this bill. Mm. Or I feel like shit because this, this, and this, I know I probably could have done better. And it's like, all right, so now you've just been like sent this notification. Like you don't need to sit in that all day, all night, weeks, months, years. Like this doesn't need to be this downward spiral. It's like, take what you can from the, that voice 
take what you can from those feelings and then it's like all right bang how do i move forward and to be able to do that kind of like in the moment almost in real time Mm. it's like that to me is how you live a really good productive life it's just like just listen to that voice cashing it like taking it for its cash value and then just like ditching the rest like once it's once it's been said it's said and now let's just keep going and that's not negating from it's not to say you don't care yeah and it's not saying that your feelings aren't important they don't have value feelings are obviously everyone's feelings has value and that's like the what you should give in your relationships and that kind of thing but um when you tell people to like not like dwell on it don't dwell on it because at the end of the day you're manifesting a, a bad a bad day and you mm. and then you're living in the past and all that sort of thing and that's also not saying to not deal with the problem so mm-hmm. if you if you like if something bad happens you get sad about it you get anxiety whatever and then you're just like oh i'm good like and you're ignoring it you're bottling it up that's like a different story if you're like okay this makes me feel like shit but what is the solution to not feel like shit anymore that's at the end of the day being productive being proactive in fixing and um being in control of your life and your happiness because your happiness is your responsibility Yeah. yeah yeah and then there's always like a there's again i just feel like things have like this long tail and i always use the example of like me not being able to get back into america the last time that i did and then i got fucking just ejecto cedo like you're back in australia now and then it's like the podcast so it's like right. in the mm-hmm. moment worst thing that ever happened to me like probably top five things in my life mm-hmm. and then it just turned around now to be like one of the top five best things that, that ever happened and i think that when you when you like have that perspective and and you can't get that perspective to your point without those failures so it's like if life just coasts along fucking sweet then you're never gonna like get that lesson and and do i know people that have been rocked by that one thing yeah and, and that, never that recovered. one thing just like fucking railed that like derailed the rest of their life you know or they or they're in it for years and years yeah. before they figure it out and it's just like you want to and again it's like it's hard to I actually was just having this conversation with a mate the other day. It's like, I just almost don't give a fuck about my feelings anymore. You know, it's like as little as I could possibly give a fuck about my feelings. That's how I, that's how I try and live. And, and I mean, there's like, it's sometimes social and cultural as well. Like, oh, this just happened, man. You should feel real bad about it. It's like people almost expect you to feel some type of way. Yeah. And then you've got to like outwardly show like how bummed you are or how disappointed you are. Society like tells you like you got to cry and like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. These are all healthy things to do and cry and stuff. But continuously reassuring the negative is not going to be positive long term. Feeling your feelings is definitely true. I'm not devaluing anyone's feelings or anything like that, but it's like, but what are you doing? Like, yeah, what, yeah. like you They're can sit there, there and complain and you can, yeah. And then you're just reassuring that complaint, whatever negative that you're talking about. And then you're just like, oh, everything's shit. I'm shit. This has happened. And then you're just reassuring that it's shit. So guess what you're going to get? More, More shit. shit yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's like, and that sounds so like, sometimes hippie to tell people and and that kind of thing and it's like oh well it's not that easy you know like i feel feelings and you're like yeah bro feel those feelings but what are you going to do like what are you going to do to change it like that's that's the only important thing is the solution to to moving forward and if life wasn't peaks and valleys then we wouldn't enjoy the good times and we wouldn't enjoy the bad times and it's just like that's something that's definitely been reoccurring in my life recently is that um to to share like a something that i know to share with people the two things that i stand by is that nothing lasts forever good yeah, or bad yeah so like if you're having a bad time it's not gonna last forever if you're having a good time it's not gonna last, last forever. forever so enjoy the good times and ride through the bad times and that 
um, you know, always try find gratitude or the positive in everything, which is so so much harder said than done. But like, you know, like I got eye surgery, right? The positive was I came back to the Gold Coast. I get to spend more time with my family. I'm living with my mom. I haven't, you know, I've been traveling for the last five years. I haven't been able to spend this much time with her in a very long time. And um, that was the positive, you know, yeah. and I, and then my friend who has kids, I've missed like a lot of their birthdays and it kills me every time I miss their birthdays. I got to, you know, go to the mm. beach with them every day because I got eye surgery and I can't really do anything other than that. I couldn't even sweat. So it was like, I was like, find the positive and that gratitude will pull you back, will ground you in a sense. It will just pull you back to wherever you need to be. Find the positive and know that nothing lasts forever. Like that's two things that i just always go back to yeah it's such good advice and and the i i think about the feelings thing as like a point of diminishing returns so it's like if i you think about it as i guess like a math equation in a sense is like okay so up to this point the feeling of sadness or the feeling of anxiety is it's a positive thing because it's driving it's like highlighting an issue in your life and then it's like essentially the more you think about it the more time you've put into like the future outcomes essentially. Yeah. But then it's like now it'll be, it's like a bell curve. Like there's a point where like worrying about it is going to like reduce your quality of life. So it's like be anxious to the point where it's going to help your quality of life. Be sad, grieve to the point where it's going to help your quality of life. And then it's like, and then realize emotions that have like fuck all value, like anger. And like you said, they're just triggers. They're just triggers to send you in the right direction. They're just, yeah, like that bill's giving me anxiety, but it's just the anxiety is the trigger to pay the bill or earn the money to pay the bill if you don't have enough money. So like use it, use the trigger. Don't sit in the trigger. Like, yeah don't get consumed by the negative yeah and and it's so cool like you know even when you said like uh the positives of the eye surgery immediately i was like fuck what are they <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you're <laughs> like, like i don't, I don't think there is yeah. any yeah but there is yeah like they're all, and it's is. like so specific and i you know? live in a country where i get free healthcare. like yeah. are you being serious like especially being in i was in san diego for three months it happened in san diego scared to go to the hospital yeah i was like there's Legit. no way i'm going to the hospital here there's absolutely no way someone just told me they got um food poisoning it cost them like 1700 bucks i was like yeah no nah, yeah bro. like that's food that shit poisoning. is so <laughs> real so i lived there never had health insurance for the eight years that oh, i was like there. that's living life dude for real <laughs> so i we went snowboard i had one of my best mates from cairns fly over his chick my ex uh we all went i was in tahoe at the time mm-hmm. so we like went went snowboarding fucking life is great last day come down the hill there's like a full old granny in like pink helmet pink jacket pink fucking pants pink gloves pink skis and she just like got up without looking and i'm like flying down the hill and she just goes straight into like the run and i've just gone fuck no and i've like tried to sort of jump out of the way cartwheeled down the hill i ended up it actually another fucking blessing in disguise so i end up elbowing myself in the ribs and i fucked up my kidney so i had no idea right so i go to the house I'm like shaking. I'm in so much pain. I'm like yellow and pissing blood. And I'm like, okay, guys, here's the deal. I'm going to call my mum. I'm going to call my dad. I'm going to tell them I love them. I'm going to tell them that if I die, I die. But I'm not going to fucking hospital. Because it was like this kind of thing for me yeah. to go to hospital. is probably like a $500,000 deal. Yeah. I don't have that money. My parents don't have that money. I ain't paying off Should that debt for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'll take an L on this one. It was a gnarly fucking <laughs> night. Woke up in the morning like, sweet uh, drove back to camp uh, drove back to california started making the um 
making the arrangements to to go home so yeah i was like that scared that i was like do not under any circumstances take me to hospital my mom's like trying to get travel insurance i'm like yeah. like i feel like this is a pre-existing <laughs> condition at this point but again the fucking positive that come out of that was i found out i had one kidney so i had like all these like weird health problems no through my whole yeah through my whole fucking that ain't the universe like that's like brah yeah so 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 i ended up having same deal i came home like i had six months worth of surgeries i was like in and out of hospital fucking constantly and then that kind of led to like the america shit but again it's like that led to me fucking up some bees shit which led me back to here which get like yeah life's good It it works out you know it's always and it's always hard to see at the the time so because you know that and because i think you and i have obviously had a lot of experiences with the negative yeah because we know at the in the time there's like a darkness that pulls you in and it's pulling you into that negative and pulling you into that depression and anxiety you just have to be like nah not right now like i'm just gonna wait and figure out what the what the reason exactly. is. exactly but i know it's not gonna come initially and maybe not even gonna come a month maybe not even come in like a couple of years it's gonna come when you're having a podcast and you're talking about that yeah, reason yeah. and then you realize but you already you already lived it you already experienced it you know you already experienced the positive so you got to experience the positive and then it was just the hindsight that comes yep, at yep. like maybe a year two years maybe a month maybe a week you never know but at the end of the day you just know that it's going to come but just later on like and that's like something that i just it's like that trust in the universe trust in the journey yeah. that's what that means that yeah. means literally just trust you know it's already happened like what are you going to do like you're going to go back to that feeling that negative feeling constantly you're going to live in the past and tell yourself like i experience this negative trauma all the time and yeah. you're just constantly yeah. reassuring it like no you can't you, you can feel your feelings about that and you, you don't have to be happy about what happened but you just have to not dwell on it and let it affect the rest of your life like oh for sure and i think that yeah it's it's kind of what you said is so true that it's like you just get better at taking the l's yeah and i think that yeah that's one of the things is like learn how to lose in a sense and and i think that that's probably one of the things like if i think back about it now i really think that being a motocross kid growing up and it's probably the same of being a fighter you know like put put yourself in a situation where you like have to take losses and i mean i've broken so many bones riding bikes and you know i remember being a kid and like every time i broke a bone i was like i'm fucking done that's it i can't fucking <laughs> do this and it, yeah 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 like, <laughs> but then over time you just like realize that you know and my hip like when i broke my hip a few years ago it was like that was so fucking shit but that again long tail my jiu-jitsu is so good now because i spent so much time rehabbing and stretching my hips got this like crazy flexibility out of it which i didn't really have before and now it's like that's a huge gain you know so i just i think that's one of the reasons i love motorsports for kids or i think fighting is it just like teaches you how to lose you know because yeah the more you lose the quicker like you rebounded in the dressing room yeah where it's like i lost but fuck i'll take and it that's for what because it is. of the years of losing in the gym the years yeah. of getting subbed the years of getting like losing a round of sparring or whatever it is and it's like i that's what i say to everyone like you can apply fighting specifically but a lot of sports to life just yeah. like put yourself in uncomfortable situations and feel that feeling after you've prevailed from it you may not have won but you're like Fuck, i did it like man i just got smashed by like multiple people and i just was like 
I'm getting ground and pounded for like three yeah. minutes straight and I'm gassed and I'm dieting and I'm like had a bad day and I, fit, I had to work today or whatever it was like back when I was on the local scene these are all the things that shaped me because I was working 40 50 hours a week training like six days a week obviously trying to do the best I could compete where I could blah 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 all of that stuff and the L's that I took in that like part of my life and that first mm. initial part of my journey um shaped me for the next l's that shaped me for the next l's that shaped me for the next l's and like knowing that you're never not gonna lose again like you're there's like uh, like i lost my last fight i'm obviously very positive that i'm gonna win my next few and then i'm i'm obviously working towards that i'm driven i'm motivated everything like that but i'm not in this fantasy land naivety that i'm never gonna lose again i'm yeah. definitely gonna lose something again it may and not be not fighting fight, yeah, yeah it's something else exactly and then so when that something else happens you i can i'm lucky enough to have experienced yeah. literal l's in the cage that i can then take that experience and apply them to the life l's and like and that's what's happened like my, one of my best best mates um just recently passed away in la got shot in la which oh, is like a no whole nother shit. conversation yeah and it's like it was horrible obviously i'm feeling my feelings um like at, I'm, i found out at the airport coming back from new zealand which is kind of random um but i was by myself which was kind of good and then i'm feeling my feelings and then i got back and i was like all right like what do we need to do do i need to you know do i need to reach out to his mom do i need to you know we've got to go find me we've got to get his body back from america to australia we've got to you know all these little things i was like now we're about the solutions you know because yeah, yeah. what am i gonna do just be like oh, i'm so sad that he died absolutely he's not gonna be watching me being like yeah bro like cry about me for the rest of your life yeah, he's yeah, gonna be yeah. shut the fuck up janae get the fuck up help my mom she needs help <laughs> like yeah. and you know like let's get this sorted and pay homage to me by living your life it's like it's like that all those cliche things it's yeah. like you can't just like stay and that's the l that i took i took the l felt my feelings i got to luckily i'm financially stable enough to be able to go to sydney and and go to the funeral and all these things and then carry on and so on and so forth and like and and being at that funeral i knew that he would want all of us to do yeah. exactly that same thing take the l and just you know now live like that's what you have to, that's that's what life is comprised of losses yeah, yeah. and wins and the wins are what keeps us striving for more wins and the losses are what keeps us humble yeah like no nah, it's such a good recipe yeah so what what happened with the eye exactly it's a fucking gnarly deal it's to go crazy. through and like so what's the it's vision like right now it's not great um, really <laughs> so like um i can't read your shirt i can't read israel Fuck, yeah. that's so gnarly just out of that one though this one's obviously killing it yeah it's holding it down yeah it's holding it down yeah 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 <laughs> which is mad and i have the glasses and um like i like them i just don't um like them with the lights and stuff sometimes or just even like i went out for dinner i don't really like glasses but um nobody told me that um <laughs> that glasses were like that thing but and because it's just the one eye it kind of um i can kind of I, I think legally i'm allowed to drive actually as well but yeah so i was in san diego I finished obviously I've been hitting that eye plenty of times during the last like 10 years of fighting which makes sense um but I finished a boxing sparring and I had like a shadow what they call a shadow so it's just like a little black mark kind of on the inner corner of your eye so it's like say if that was the thing just like a little bit of it was missing and I was like mm, that can't be good mm. <laughs> um I've had tears retina tears and stuff in the past but I've same never, um yes okay yeah yeah um but I've never had a detachment. Um, I also didn't really know what a retina was or a detachment was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I knew that I was not going to the hospital in America. So I was like, but I, I was coming back for Christmas. That was like one of my definite goals. 
um i hadn't been back in um the gold coast since march i think it was with lockdowns traveling hotel quarantine and everything like that not being able to get back to the gold coast because the borders were closed um so i knew i was coming back for that reason i organized my ophthalmologist appointment before i left but it was still maybe like a month or so till i touched back down in oz so um i did kind of leave it for a little bit touch back down in sydney I went to my ophthalmologist and he was like, you need to go get surgery like today. And I was like, so did it get worse in that month? Mm, it not uh, kind of like it would have, but luckily, um, so the thing about retinas, um, so, and he was like, yeah, it's a retinal detachment. So that's obviously the issue. Um, retinas are like wallpaper. Um, and so basically if you tear that wallpaper, the fluid, um, from inside is going to get behind uh. the, the wallpaper and start peeling it off basically. The good thing is that I'm young, so as a young person, my fluid is quite more quite dense, which is good. The older you get, it gets a little Thinner. bit more liquefied, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. going to be a, like a pretty rapid onset. Um, lucky enough, I've got like a bit of Wolverine genetics to always tell people. Yeah, um, yeah. And it didn't get too bad, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I had gone in the day after that it had happened or That's that month, then. they would have yeah, been like, okay. you need to go get surgery today because they treat it like an emergency, yep. which is positive. Um, and so... Uh, the f- other funny thing was that I was going from the appointment I was driving to the Gold Coast and illegally crossing the border because <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was just like I ne- I, ne- I was like I'm not missing Christmas I don't care I like, think I remember talking to you a bit yeah. around then actually I'm not missing Christmas like I'm getting yeah, to the yeah, Gold Coast like yeah. I don't care if they arrest me I'm getting to the Gold Coast I need to see my mom good on you it's just me and mom like shit. it's always been just me and mom and I haven't seen her since March and it's Christmas you know like it, we d- we're not like super religious or anything like that but it's just like That's with all my travels yeah. it's just like Christmas is the time you know that I come back you yeah. know, or like if I can or somehow we spend it um so that was like the thing he was like oh well, you're not driving are you i was like no no i wouldn't do that that would be crazy so anyway i drove to professional um, pilot people drive me area <laughs> yeah. so i drove to from sydney to the gold coast <laughs> i stopped actually in coughs harbour because i was like oh maybe i should just like do it in two stands since but i've done that drive a lot of times so i think eight hours and so go back and then um i tried to organize it through private but she was honestly like the best medical system here she was like um she was like if you go to the hospital and admit through emergency though it's an emergency so they have to admit you so i literally went um the next day to the gold coast hospital um got there at like 8 9 a.m was in surgery by like 5 i think so that's dope. yeah that day so it was pretty good um but what they do is they put like a silicon rubber band basically it's called a buckle um i'm sorry if i'm butchering this for any ophthalmologist but <laughs> yeah. yeah anyone that knows about eyes i don't but <laughs> i've this is what i've learned so it's like a buckle that's kind of like pushing the walls in closer so that it um kind of like brings the wallpaper closer to the walls is the best way to explain it and um it makes it easier for it to reattach because they can't necessarily attach it themselves yeah they can yeah. just take the fluid out um and cry and then up. try and like yeah stick it back essentially and cryo up the tear so there's no more fluid kind of affecting it so um yeah that kind of went okay two weeks later um i went to my follow-up that was all right and then i went to go get glasses and my pressure was really high and so she sent me back to the surgeon and i actually ended up having to get even more stuff done the tear had opened i don't know if it was my fault or not i may have been rolling um and i was told not to but (laughs) i was like rolling like what's like what's a little bit of rolling with jimmy gonna do like he's like you know my most trusted training partner like uh, and and even like we had a conversation but i was like i should be fine and then but i don't really obviously understand the 
extremity of the injury and the fact that it's an eye so i can't really put my head backwards or i shouldn't be like inverting and yeah, stuff like, like yeah, all these yeah, things yeah, that you do yeah. in jiu-jitsu like it actually would have been better for me to hit the bag probably yeah like which i kind of in my head for some reason thought the striking would have been the worst thing because it was like the thing that sort of happened but anyway um so it reopened i had to get a gas bubble in there so they pop a gas bubble in um which is weird right but they use gravity so i had to my friend had just come from melbourne that day to live and lean up my move because i was like i was like oh, i need you to come here like because yeah. i was like i'm having the worst time like obviously we can all be positive as much as we can but i was taking multiple drops my face was swollen it was yeah. just like you know not the go um and then I was like, oh, I just got to go get these glasses. The next minute I go to the surgeon, we get a fucking bubble of gas thing and I had to like hold my head in a certain spot. So then the gas kind of just like pushes the retina back down on its own. Yeah. So I was like walking around like this for a whole day, which was enjoyable. <laughs> Lucky old mate didn't care. Um, and then the next day they cryoed it up again, but this time I was awake. So it was a whole different thing to yeah. do whereas when they they did it in the surgery i was asleep so i didn't even know whereas like i had to like hold my eye in a certain position and he puts the like, pen thing on, thing on yeah and like pushes out the liquid nitrogen i'm guessing um which is a weird feeling and then obviously in between all these you get like um, needles of anesthetic put into the eye and stuff like that which Fuck. is not cool and then um and then you ever watch total recall when you're a kid <laughs> Yeah. Do you remember that where they yeah. like put the fucking needle in the eye? Was that that's what it was, I'm right? Pretty sure, yeah. I remember always being like super scared of eye shit because of fucking Total Recall. Yeah. I just imagined that shit going down. I, like, I just never thought it would happen to me. That's the yeah. thing. Like yeah. I was like, that'll never happen to me. Like that's yeah. crazy. Like oh, and like even like um. I think it was about May last year. I went and got dinner with the Ruka crew. So that's Michael Bisbing as well. So it was, it was Michael. I was going to say, Perillo, you spoke to him about <laughs> And but. a few other people. And um, Rebecca was there and stuff like that. And Rebecca's from, um, his wife is from Ipswich. So that's really cool. Like, what? Bisbing's? I know, right? Really? I was like, I was like, oh, you're Aussie. But where? I was like, where are you from? She was like, She's Ipswich. like, fucking Ippy bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're not from Ipswich. Like, I know Ipswich. Like, you're not from Ipswich. She was like, I'm from Ipswich. And I was like, like, that is heavy. I didn't know they produce people as good as you. <laughs> like, That's so sick. <laughs> but it was really cool. But anyway, like at dinner, he pops his eye out, like his fake eye thing. And I'm just like, man, that's crazy, bro. Like not even thinking seven months later i too will have similar experience obviously i haven't lost my eye yet and i've done uh, we had a different journey but very similar same injury and actually he got a multiple surgeries as well his first one didn't go to plan as well so like it was funny because as i was on my way over to hawaii um my my melbourne to la flight i'm guessing um the bisbing documentary was on the oh, plane okay. and because i was like i've been trying to find it and i just like i was in camp so i was a bit busy as well so i didn't find it and i was like i'll find it later um because it'd be interesting to watch obviously now with my eye issues and it was on the plane so i was like well looks yeah, like yeah. we're gonna strap in and, and let's figure out if like it's a similar story and it was and it's like a really good documentary really well put together really well explained where's it where's it on like do you know where, where you can watch I think it maybe like maybe amazon prime or something okay. like that like i remember he's a j man oh such a gangster and obviously then you also get the other side of like his journey and just his career in general yeah, yeah. where it all came from so that that in itself would have been motivating but then having this like kind of similarity with the eye that just made it even more um, relatable and interesting to watch so that was kind of good thing going over there and then uh yeah so i got the first surgery the second stuff done everything was kind of sweet kind of got the go ahead and i was like yeah i'm gonna fight he was like yep cool and then um a couple of weeks before the fight he was like oh we have to do another surgery and i was like oh if you do it now like will that mean i can't fight and he was like yeah 
and I was like can we do it after <laughs> like and he was like I knew we were gonna say that too mm. like I was like but what if we just do it after like <laughs> what if we just push it like how much worse can it get he's like what so what the problem was wasn't that anything necessarily went wrong but all the cells and st- scar tissue and stuff settle at some point obviously there's like floaties and there's things that are not bent to be in that place because you've closed up the hole but you know the they've crossed over between yeah 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 like fluid has gotten to the wrong side and vice versa so you know that all that stuff kind of the cells settle um so it's called a membrane peel so where it had settled is basically i built scar tissue on my macula and your macula is basically what sends the image to the brain Mm. so it doesn't matter if you can detach if you detach your whole eye um and not the macula you can still recover it if you detach the macula it's very hard to it's still recoverable but it's very hard to recover um because once that part's detached then you've got to you know reconnect all the things however Mm. fucking crazy eye works um so that scar tissue building on the macula is gonna one warp my vision and two like it needs to be taken off otherwise it's eventually gonna degenerate yeah, yeah make issues for the macula so the problem with that means that they have to go inside the eye peel it off and and then like and then close it up and do all that sort of stuff so like obviously that's a bit of a bigger surgery in a sense because they've never been up until this point he's avoided going in the eye because there's more complications Mm. opportunity for complications and stuff like that so um yeah so he finally um he says that and i was like well what if i just like dip out to hawaii and come back and he was like yeah I'll, i'll allow it which is cool that's like he's honestly um choi tran if you're listening to this which is very unlikely absolute gangster i don't think i could have done this journey i think it would have been a lot harder i could without without someone as understanding and open-minded as him he's very busy there's a lot of people with eye issues not a lot of people my age so obviously that kind of put me um kind of made me shine out of the crowd in a sense but just him being understand i've been to a lot of gps average joe gps kind of just civilians that are just like well you know if you've got an injury or i've i've screwed my foot up and they're like oh we'll just stop fighting yeah I'm yeah like, big oh, deal yeah you can't really fight anymore kind how of thing. it works like yeah. i'm like that's not really an option and i know a lot of people have dealt with this a lot in in there's different sports moto all that yeah, sort of stuff yeah. they're just like oh you just quit like you're just like oh that's not really gonna work yeah you'll never me. ride again yeah no no no. well i will yeah because i could today <laughs> but i'm just gonna go yeah. to a different gp yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's one of those things where he never kind of gave me that um feeling that i was like yeah gonna be off in any way so that was really cool went over to hawaii fought the fight came back got the other surgery and everything has been pretty good since then it's a lot clearer we did the membrane peel um obviously it's a bit painful and i had drops and all these other things um but so far my follow-ups have been great everything's kind of going well there's no other issues so far so it's really just the buckle has changed the shape of the eyeball so that's why i can't see it's not necessarily because of the detachment so that's what i've got in my eye so that's what i have to wear so i've got like an astigmatism so my pupil is like shaped like a football not a circle you're the third person to tell me that really like think so it's you brenton and jake Jake Anderson, you know Jake. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jake Anderson has that, and Brenton Monford. Yeah, and you. Yeah, so like I can see like sweet. Like I take my glasses off, but it's just blurry in that. Like the image just doesn't. Like I can't read street signs. I can't like. But as far as like seeing. Like I can see everything, you know what I mean? And you've probably been used to it now. I've had it my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other, like same with Jake. He's like, I never really wear the glasses. He's like, I should, but 
like if you're and say with Brenton, Brenton didn't even know until he went in for one of his eye exams um, for a fight, and they were like, "Oh, you realize you got this thing?" And he um, for the UFC, like oh. for like the Ultimate Fighter or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. And he was like, "Oh, my eyes are fine. Like everyone can't see that." <laughs> They're like, "No, bro, everyone can no, everyone read can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um, number plate on other people's car." Yeah, yeah. that's what they're there for. <laughs> like, yeah, and no. I was like, "Yeah, bro, that would be crazy." Yeah, no, mine's been my whole life. It's like that, eh? I just can't. And like, I if I um, the reason why I wear my glasses, obviously, like I can see better, but it's like big deal. Like if you can't read a few fucking letters, but my eyes get tired because mm. it's like a it, whether I'm trying to or not, my eyes like straining super fucking hard. So it's like I can read a book without glasses, but in five minutes, I'm gonna be like actually tired from it. My my body's gonna be telling me like no it's like this is too much and you're overworking it yeah and then especially at night there's Mm. just like nothing like it's very hard to see at night yeah and that's the without the glasses driving at night time i'm like it's a bit dodgy so how's it for fighting then like is it is it change your depth perception is it any of like that stuff you're dealing with so that was what they kind of said was going to happen first like um yeah the depth was going to be off like so at the end of the day i do have sight it's just nearsighted so i'm talking like yeah like that's clear anything from there on is like pretty blurry um but obviously it gets corrected to better than 2020 with the glasses but um it's illegal to fight with contacts in so i just wanted to just get used to it the way it is i was like i got the other eye you know i am an orthodox fighter so this is technically my lead eye but it doesn't mean i can't see out of the other one obviously it's just like um one i got had to take a while to get used to it my my death was a little bit off i was like no i should be sweet you know like i fought you could feel it hitting pads like where you I were started actually... with the bag and even like the bag i'd just like throw a hook and miss i'd be like whoa really like i was like that's interesting like i didn't think that was going to happen i thought that my body and my muscle memory would yeah, still be yeah. like yeah we're on um but i guess not which was fine but it didn't take long like it um i've been doing this since i was like, like i've been doing martial arts since i was 11 like mm. it's not gonna take long for yeah, my body OG to adapt kid. yeah yeah. <laughs> <Luckily>. <laughs> yeah um but i was like it'll be sweet and then once i got used to that then obviously out of the pad work on out of the sparring on jujitsu is a different story that's pretty cruisy the only thing is um if like you know say like if you've like taking someone's back and your eyes kind of on their lat like your face is sort of squished up against their lat if like if say that happens on this side this eye gets covered then then you like can't see out of it yeah but i mean like i can still see shapes and colors so at the end of the day like i know that there's a foot there somewhere i just might not be like 100 percent accurate as to where it is yeah so it's just adjusting to those things and obviously then there's the idea if i fight and i get cut and like blood gets in this eye and i can uh, that eye or just like these are the things that are maybes that yeah. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. just like maybes are gonna happen i think in the general like i'm pretty safe like if bisbin can win a title with one eye I've got no excuse. So, have you spoke to him since? No, not really. You need to, you I need really, to try to talk to yeah, him. Yeah, I should. I try. I was gonna try catch up with them when I was in um, Orange County. Is that where he's and, living? Uh, yeah, pretty sure Huntington Beachish, maybe like that. Our Definitely new, Orange County. Our area. new studio is in Orange County. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd love How to cool. get him on. Rukas, you know Rukas. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that like um, I'll always go up to at least Ruka Sick. and Costa Mesa, and then just kind of bump. Yeah, well, so it's County. in Costa Mesa. We've we've just oh, got like a new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mad. And so is um, isn't Carnage's gym around there? Nathan Corbett's gym? I don't know. I think I know. I know it's near Ruka. I know it's in Orange County, but I just don't know where. I, he was obviously just here, so 
should ask but but yeah Ooh, that's mad that yeah. makes it even better because yeah. like that's my hub you know like my american hub is like san diego like i'll stay in san diego just because it's more chill yeah um but i'll just I love sd yeah oh best you can't not yeah. um and then i'll just go to orange county i used to only really go up to la for my friend and that so like maybe every now and again i'll have to go to la for like i don't know someone will be like we've got a fights on or something like that we'll go up there but i hardly ever go that high um just because i don't really love la that much but yeah which is why and then um because why go to la when you can go to huntington beach like why go to la when you can go go host a mesa like so i used to live in temecula (laughs) yes no because remember my i fought in temecula that's right you like i used to live here and i that was before i kind of understood california yeah yeah kind of didn't i used to play golf there all the time (sighs) It's such a nice casino. Like, yeah. I was like, this is bougie as hell. We went to like yoga in the morning of fight day and stuff like that. Like went to the it's resort. It's a big hotel. It's yeah. like a big casino. It's they one of the bigger a- ones. UFC there recently, actually. Did they? At yes. Pachanga? Um, Cheeto versus Tom Cruise. That was, was, was Apachanga. Was that Because they were like, oh, it's in San Diego. I was like, it's not, but okay. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's yeah, in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. It's Indian San Diego. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's heritage land. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um. But that's why, like, all the San Diego crew, like, and the that's Orange dope. County, LA crew got to go Because isn't Dom from San Diego? Yeah, yeah. And, and then hey. Cheetos in OC. Yeah, that's yeah. That's fucking so dope. So that was perfect. Derby, okay, yeah. yeah. And then both in Temecula. That's, and we went to, our, um, I did a jiu-jitsu comp in Marietta. Yeah, so the yeah. same town, same basically. Shit. Yeah. yeah. No like, shit. Because I didn't really get that it was the same town. Then we kind of got near there. And I was like, oh, I fought, like, near here. And then it reminded me of, like, the old town area. Yeah. Or yep. the, like, yep. the, that really nice cafe. I don't even remember what it was. But I literally looked through my stories on my Instagram from when I was in Temecula. And I fought. And I was like, this is where we're going for lunch. And, like, we went there. And everyone was like, this is so nice. And I was like, yes. Yeah. It's I, a, like, it's I a, may not be from here, but I know the spots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool. So, yeah, you've got, like, Menifee. Um, <clears throat> Um, Marietta, Temecula, they're all like, it's fucking the same thing, yeah. really. Yeah, and then yeah. it, from there, there's like a little bit of a, of a split. Yeah. But um, yeah, so our new, our new studio is, so like, have you seen how we, we've done like the US ones? So we just got a room that looks no. like this. Oh. And it's like, yes. it's yeah, o- yeah. I would have, yeah. So it's... Uh, Maybe it's, just not realized it was... Yeah, it's just like yeah. a video call pretty much. So like <sighs> I've set it up and then we like mix it together. So it's a like... A bougie Zoom. Yeah, right. like a super bougie. Well, <laughs> when everyone was doing Zoom in COVID, yeah. I did a few of it and I was like, I just can't do this. Like this isn't <laughs> what I do. Can't get them And uh, so then we had a, a friend of mine... We actually just did it in like his spare bedroom and we made it like look like this studio. Um, but then he had a kid. Shout out to Jacob, by the way. But he had a kid and like all that. So I was like, you know what? Let's officialize this uh, deal. So we have like a full soundproof studio in Costa Mesa nice. now. Full-time staff that are there. So like we can just, just start. You're going to get like yeah. Cheeto on. Well, yeah. So I really want to get Cheeto on. So Jack Freestone. Uh, that I was talking about the surfer, mm-hmm. him yep. and Cheeto are like boys. Jack's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. Oh, nice. And uh, so him and Cheeto are boys and then like yeah. Danny Ricardo and him are, are boys. So I yeah. really, really want to get, get yeah. Cheeto on. Well, and Bisping guys. as well. Bisping. I fucking loved Bisping since Ultimate Fighter days. Yeah. Like such so a G. Sick, eh? Yeah. I mean, just like to represent from England and stuff like that. Like that's like crazy. Like the stuff that he did for the UK. Like people think the UK is massive and it is massive. But then, like, yeah, he's like him and Leon are the only two UK champions. Yeah, and you're like, bro, that's crazy because um, Connor's from um, Ireland. All right, the island, the north or south. That's not part of the UK, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so you know, it's a different story. Like, and 
It's just like, dude, this is amazing. Like he was a real pioneer. Like before, you're right. Like before there was like real representation you know and he was like the first like mixed martial artist you know like yeah. and i remember all those early fights they would talk about the fact that the americans have the wrestling and like he always held his own as a yeah. as a wrestler or like i guess a counter wrestler in a sense and he came from like a street scrapper too yeah. which i never knew or like i surmised but i mean you never know really anyone's story of what brought them into and these days in mma every like some people have a picket fence and they do mma you know yeah like, yeah yeah it's not always just about like the i had a troubled childhood kind of vibe i didn't have a troubled childhood either you know like i just yeah you would try to kid like scrapping, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing best and i was just like um kind of surprised at how he still stayed motivated to turn that kind of energy and the the bar fights and all that sort of stuff into a career and, and make it into what he is that's insane like and at a time where you know the UFC was in a different stage of its life and a, a yeah. little younger of maturity and and you know it was a different um thing to navigate but he stayed through to through that transition as well and I remember I was at the Rockhold Bisbing one was that where he won the Sydney. title no, he won it the second time. So he lost to Rockhold Yes. First. I kind of thought Rockhold was going to win because that was when Rockhold was kind of like up and coming, the, young, yeah. you know, um, Adonis kind of vibes. And then um, I think he finished it in the third, maybe. I might be mistaken, but it was in Sydney. And then the second fight they had, and from the information from the documentary, it was like Rockhold didn't quite take it as seriously yeah, yeah. as well. Um, and Bisbing shouldn't have fought because of all the eye stuff. He like faked his way into yeah. that, right? Like that's the one where he faked his eye exam, basically. And like basically Perillo, Jason, oh, helped him right. like yeah, yeah. do the little cues and be like, yes, it's that. And then, and they got, I think, I think also maybe, maybe it was the doctor or something that helped him as well. That was Man, like, if you put that in a movie, like, let's say you watch, like, an I'm MMA movie. You'd be like, fuck off. Get the fuck out of here with this shit, you know? But, like, real life, that's what actually But happened. I, like, yeah, I know Jason. I know Michael. And I'm like, yeah, they definitely did that. I don't, I do not believe any of so this. So like, gangster. <laughs> and then he won a world title. And then you at like won 140 a years world old. title yeah. in one of the most, like, at that time, that division was so deep, too. Like, yeah. I was just like, bro, like, that's insane. And, like, and even Perillo um apparently it was just you know like men like we're we're taking up i think it was like kind of late notice or something yep. and he was filming a movie or something yep. i might get all these details wrong no, but i think that's yeah. pretty on point he was like yeah filming maybe the expendables or something yeah. and, and like you know he was starting to navigate into that thing they gave him the opportunity someone pulled out a rock hold and he was like yeah i'm taking it i'm getting that titling one knocked them out hectic Big. One eye. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a big play. That's a big dude doing big that's moves. Like, yeah. He deserves it too. Like I love I just love with fighting that it's just seems like it seems like fighting and mixed martial arts in particular just gives you these crazy fucking stories that you could just yeah, like if you put him in a movie, ridiculous. Like yeah. and I think about Bisping getting a title. Uh, the, you know, the way that he got it, like with everything that you just outlined. And then and towards the end of his career, like And a guy that Hall of Famer. Yeah. Deserved the title. And because never of the eye it. stuff, and like I know that feeling, he had started to, you know, open up his horizons and being like, look, man, like if they, you know, find out about this eye stuff, then I'm not going to be able to fight. So I'm kind of on the end. So I need to look like avenue into other things. And then the opportunity comes up. You're thinking about or not retiring, but knowing you that you might get stopped. Yeah. 
and then you get a world title. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, well, dude, I think about the same with so, like inspired. Oh yeah, and I think the same with Diaz and yeah. and Ferguson. It's just like. I'm so fucking glad that Kazmat did not get his hands on Nate Diaz. Everyone, that wa- like, that was wasn't going to be, yeah, that was not going to be a good deal. But, like, the way that Diaz, like, the way that he was through the media, through that whole situation, like, took on Tony, gave us an absolute war, wins that fight, and then just, like, dips out of the UFC, just a complete god. Like, the way that he should have gone out, like, just... The fans won. Like, the MMA won, the fans won. And he got what he deserved, Yeah, you know? and, and, like, because the Dia... I actually saw... Um, it was a memory, I think, this time last year, Nick fought against... Lawler. Lawler yeah. um, on the undercard, uh, like, uh, on the main card, but underneath uh, the Volkanovski and Brian Ortega fight. Yes. So that was, like, such a great... This time last year, literally, yeah. I think it was, like, last weekend last year, um, was, like, such a great fight. We did not get the Nick Diaz that we wanted. No. Nah, we nah. got... I don't know who that guy is, but we yeah. got Uncle Nick, I think, like well, Matt dude, Max, and I, it was sad. Oh, I remember, I remember posting it, and I was like, we didn't get the Nick Diaz we wanted, but you know, it's like cool to see him in there. And yeah. Robbie Lawler's a gangster for sure, like another veteran too. So it was like another like cool old school kind of fight in a sense. We and definitely didn't get that was the fight a, that made Nick in the first place, like when yeah. he when he knocked out Lawler. Yeah. And like, so it was like cool to see, but you also don't want them to end on that. And I highly doubt we'll see Nick again. Mm. Um, I mean, maybe, but I highly doubt it. We'll see obviously more of Nate for sure, I reckon. But Nick's a different story. And so for Nate to come back and then come out in a good way, that was like such a positive kind of yeah. end to the Diaz brothers. Not end, but middle ground for the Diaz brothers story. I think that makes a big Can difference. Can you go on the UFC's Instagram, Griff? I think... Um there was that's probably why i come up because it was a, a year ago um but th- after the fight when uh when lawler's like are you okay bro and yeah. then he, and then he was like he's like i'm good he's like nah man in life like are you okay in life because <laughs> oh like God, I forgot about that. yeah he's like we need to fucking kill it bro like we need to do this together so go down it, they post like 300 things a day yeah. so it'll probably be i don't it. know who does socials but Fuck, they kill it eh? yeah Wait, Bonus slow down. As well, guys. down. Oh, yeah. How is that? And Jack Jenkins. Um, yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh, like maybe there. Oh, there. No, no, there. Oh, this one there. Yep, yeah, bang. Play that one. Down. Uh, down one, down one. There we go. Volume. Oh. So good, eh? <laughs> Let's fucking get there. You know what I'm saying? And like, you do know what he's saying. Yeah. You guys just had like a bit of a scrap. So you might be um, a bit hazy, but you're thinking about, I th- feel like that's the maturity in that's the journey real. that we're talking about it. Yeah. These guys have both had the L's, the ups, the downs, the in-betweens. And they know that at the end of the day, the most <sighs> important thing, same chicken skin, baby. That's crazy. And the most important thing is your life, you know, yeah. quality of life. Yeah. At the end of the day, your emotions, you can take the L's, you can do whatever. You can stand there, camaraderie, being a good person, having respect, ethics, moral compass. Yeah. Life is the most important thing. doesn't matter about all this fucking money shit and yeah. glory and all of that. Like, that's what that showed me. And I was just like, yeah, like, what a great representation of our sport, especially to those people that view it in I a bit of a negative I completely agree. And, like, to have two dudes that just stand in the middle of an octagon for 15 minutes and just belt the fuck out of each other. And for at the end of it to be like that much love 
that much respect it's just that like that's the picture of mma like yeah. that's what it's what it gives us and that's what experience. i want people to see in it that don't see that and it's like the the level of respect that you have for a person and i think like yeah. that's martial arts across the board you know like mm. i rolled yesterday um then with a guy like we'd never rolled before and then they were like they were, it, like a foot there was like foot popped and i was like i felt real bad and i'm like i went over after training and i was just like real sorry you know like you just give yeah. that and then the level of like respect and i'd never met him before that day yeah. you know what i mean and it, there was such like and i left the gym feeling like that's why i fucking do this you know what i mean like that's a there's a it's a gnarly thing to like go to war with somebody you've never met like i'm trusting him he's trusting me and then we like come together at the end of it and it's just like are you all good i'm sorry like you know blah, 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 yeah. blah. and then there's just that ultimate level of respect that got me and that guy will be like super sure. tight now yeah, you know give it a couple I mean? of months you guys are gonna be out here getting coffee and shit and it's gonna be mad like <laughs> yeah. one of the homies like yeah. and, but and it's like because you guys it gives have you that it's hard to explain that we have like no malicious intent with having intent to destroy like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want to sub you i want to fuck you up and i want to put you in uncomfortable situations and i want to like dominate but i don't want to hurt you yeah like it's such a weird thing to say because people are like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it does make sense to us because we're like, look, I want to get the points, I want to get the sub, I want to get the win. Yeah. But I don't want anyone to not be going home to their family. So I yeah. don't want anyone to not be picking up their kids later today. Yeah. I don't want anyone, you know, like to be going to the hospital or going to the doctors or whatever. None of that. We're just here to win and learn and and be the best kind of like primal version of ourselves. But once we leave this gym everyone should be sweet like mentally physically or spiritually yeah. like yeah. we all should be good and i think that's like such a valuable thing that yeah martial arts gives you and even like the other day tuesday i finished sparring and i'm staying there with mill i've known mill owner of combat They're Mars great, Mookie, man. one of my favorite people shout in the out. world Same. shout out um <clears throat> i've known him since i was 15 years old so that man has really seen my journey like firsthand and not like you know you see someone and you dip off. Yeah, and, I was like, we've say, always kept in, in, in yeah, 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 we've yeah. always kept in touch and literally like combat open three years ago yesterday. Oh, like, wow. We have the same birthday, which is yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then um Yeah, happy birthday too, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm ignoring twenty eight. Oh, I just realized I was twenty eight on the twenty eighth. Oh. Missed that opportunity yesterday. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um and so yeah, he's seen everything and we're just having discussions about martial arts and about life and about all sorts of stuff. And then like we leave it um, like a sum it up. We're just like we're both self-aware. We're both like have come a long way in our journeys and, and, and being different versions of ourselves along that way. And then we kind of like I kind of left and I was like, you don't really have a lot of opportunities to have these deep and meaningful mm. conversations. Like I just got punched in the face for an hour. I, I rolled for an hour and then I did um, sparring for like an hour and a half or whatever. And then I finish and I get to stand there and it kind of like, it opens up this other area of your brain in a sense or another emotional part where you kind of want to like dive into crazy yeah, topics. You, 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 maybe you feel okay to be like vulnerable with people yeah. because I've like just seen you, like you can trust that person because you've just literally because like when you're when you're doing jujitsu and if someone's like got a rear naked choke on you like you die if if, if they don't let go you're dead yeah and like we just accept like that's such a it's 
so obvious of a thing that you don't even have to say that (laughs) you know what i mean like no one in the gym ever says like oh can you please make sure that you let go when i tap because i'll die but like that's actually the reality of it so maybe it's like there's so much faith and so much trust that you actually do feel okay to be vulnerable to these people because you're giving them so much of your trust before you even have the conversation yeah and there's not a lot of that's why i say mma or martial arts is like the most primal version of self-expression because at the end of the day it kind of is this is the rawest version of yourself in like you know this isn't wrestling this isn't wwe this is like real fighting like Mm. we have to be our realest version you can't hide yourself in a fight like if you're a coward like we're gonna find out if you're you know you know you're hesitant or um questioning yourself or not if you've got an ego we're gonna see it we're gonna see it like and you can have these personas these like media personas but that's not your fight persona like and for those that are well versed in martial arts can see through yeah they can see the difference yeah so it's like because it is your most primal version of self-expression then you're gonna you know be in a state where you're just like navigating your own identity at the end of the day so sometimes it taps into those other like weird topics or whatever that you maybe just don't have the opportunity to sit down and speak with people about and like i'm a bit of an introvert and i kind of i'm only child hang out by myself live by myself that kind of thing so day to day like i'm by myself but then i have the opportunity to have this community that i go to in the afternoons and i am i can sometimes walk in not say a word to anyone do an hour of training and leave or i can walk in yeah do a few jokes maybe it's someone's birthday maybe this is happening maybe acc's on on. maybe fights are on or whatever have a convo maybe have a convo after grab food after and i'm just like exposed to this community that i've had consistently since the age of 11 but really since mma since age of 15 um that have just like opened me up to a world of different demographics that i probably wouldn't have like ended up hanging out with and just a different amount of experience and conversations that i wouldn't have probably been able to have if i didn't do martial arts maybe different hobbies open that up i don't really know like because honestly i haven't really done anything other yeah, than yeah. fighting for a long time but you don't need to but yeah i'm over it now like yeah. I'm, we're not really like swaying from the one journey but um but it's just like I do know that the other hobbies like don't really um give you that I guess same, allow you yeah because yeah, you you don't have that high risk high reward like you're saying like you don't have that we could die here at every hobby yeah, <laughs> that yeah people yeah. have and obviously this isn't a hobby anymore for me it's a career and it's a passion and that kind of thing but at the end of the day like it just gives you just a weird different opening and different avenue and access to um conversations and and moments that i don't know if i would always have had if i didn't do it so yeah like it makes me like really grateful to be able to just have these crazy post-training conversations and being like well what if we like you know did this or what if we did this and then i noticed from this or whatever i don't know it was just like very eye-opening yeah no it is cool i know exactly yeah i know exactly what you're saying about that like i mean some of my boys um from you know the gym and like i've moved gyms now and it's like you sit you still have these like crazy deep connections with these guys that you know i put in like six years with with some of these boys and like they're literally brothers you know yeah and it's like quick friends man like you can make real quick friends with people that you i guess yeah like you can really see like this guy is super humble this guy is so good at what he does like i respect like my my friend shane i mean i talk about him all the time like he's one of my like dudes i look up to in yeah yeah like you know i used to work with him that's right, you did, huh? Oh boy, yeah. yeah. So he's our boy. 
congratulations yeah 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 like that but i'm looking at him as like he's a dope father he runs his own academy like he runs his life like a fucking g and we've had a lot of like cool conversations at work he's very self-aware he's always constantly working on improvements and things like that and like that's something that i feel like then when he got it like he had just got into jiu-jitsu when he started working with us and i feel like that kind of was just a perfect compliment for like his journey and as you can see he's now thrived in it and he owns his own gym he literally went from a white belt to like owning his own gym and like seeing that was cool he had the goal of when he was a white belt his goal was get a black belt and get his own academy i actually love his story and i mean i know he like i've asked him a million times through the podcast but he just doesn't want to do it but like his story is fucking amazing to me in terms of like having a a real conviction and then just like walking the walk and not talking the talk you know like he and he's putting your head down and doing it dude he's the best example of that and like he worked at a fucking grocery store for you know like what 10 years maybe like i don't know maybe like five six seven years and it's like there were so many people in his life that were like probably friends with his like family that would be like dude you just work in a grocery store like when are you gonna yeah. get a real job like You're when are you gonna do this in a health food shop like cool man yeah like, it's yeah a phase. yep and then he just fucking stuck to his guns and he grinded it out and he grinded it out and he grinded it out like i don't even think he won a jiu-jitsu competition until he was like a purple belt or like a late yeah. blue belt i think he said i think he competed late too yeah yeah and it's so it's like you know he he had this goal as a white belt like walked into the gym was like i want to be a black belt and i want to own my own academy and then it's like he wasn't even good at it <laughs> like in a in a judgment sense of like yeah. going to a competition and winning like that's how you figure out if like where you're at you're good it's like he didn't even win till the end of his blue belt most people don't even make it to the end of their blue belt yes and then he just keeps going he keeps going now he's a purple belt national champion he's a brown belt national champion and he's just i'm pretty sure he just won uh well he's one at the, at the black belt level now yeah and it's like he's a uh, now he owns his own gym and then when he owned his own gym and it was going good he still kept working and he still yes. like to me he's just the ultimate guy of like walking the fucking walk yeah and it's just i just respect the shit out of it yeah you know? and changing uh, proactively changing a lifestyle like he was overweight and, yeah he was you know, at the start huh? yeah like living a completely different life not when he came to flannery's but like before that fully changed that then obviously just adapted to this whole new lifestyle of jiu-jitsu and just complimented i feel like he manifested a lot of like the 100%. good things coming on board by being proactive it's like that cliche shit but like he was like i need to change my life um i don't want to disclose his personal information but something happened to him he was like i need to change my life he did it walked his walk then as that journey continued then he added on these things like jiu-jitsu and things that uh, like and this was back when jiu-jitsu wasn't really that trendy and stuff so like and i remember because he was like oh you do like mma and stuff and i was like yeah man i was like you do mma i was like i was like you do jiu-jitsu like no one does jiu-jitsu like none of these other guys that work here know what we're talking about like (laughs) like and so it was just me and him would be able to talk about at least but i was just like this was back when like you know it wasn't really like an average joe thing to know about like the ufc wasn't like as like yeah prominently exposed as what it is now and so it's just like yeah like that's cool that he found that and that complemented his journey perfectly to take him to the direction of whatever he needed he had a negative thing happen turned it into a positive and that manifested and dominoed in effect into where he is now and he's more humble than ever you know and it's like we we caught up like a couple weeks ago and it's just the same thing man like no matter how good 
our life is trending in any given direction. Like if you step back, like my life's going amazing. His life's going amazing. Guess what we both talked about? The ways that we wanted to be better. You know, like I'm trying to make, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to be a little bit better here. He's trying to be a little bit better there. And then we like, I leave those conversations with him just feeling like sparked up in my, in my day and my life. And I feel like, I feel super grateful for where I'm at because, you know, a guy like him, he always acknowledges like, you're doing so good, bro, blah, blah, blah. I feel grateful, but then I also feel like humbled and then hungry. I'm yeah. like, dude, I can do better. Like, look at what he's doing, you know, like and the that's way like that, that thing that martial arts gives you the exposure to those demographics of people and you're surrounding yourself with a whole lot of people that Dude, make you sure. want to be better like that and that's like my birthday was yesterday like we just said and it kind of like it's like that weird reminder because you know the people message you you don't like if i like sat here and you're like who are your friends and i'd be like I don't know and then like your birthday happens exactly you're like oh you're dude saying. like there's so many like yeah, yeah. and it's like the instant friends like you're saying because I've trained with these people these are not just like my friends anymore these are like you know I've got family in different pockets of the world that put the effort in like I think like even to this day and like yeah it's different when you've got like an Instagram with followers and whatever some people are just messaging to get attention or get a reaction or whatever or get access or whatever but in like the general the sense yeah, yeah i know the people and the pretty much the majority of the people that messaged me yesterday um or like this or whatever it was were like people that i'm just like thank you like yeah. i'm so grateful that you took time out of your day to make sure that you wish me a happy birthday something so simple but nonetheless still takes effort still something that you could ignore like people have birthdays every year everyone's having birthdays in september because we're all christmas babies yeah and um and that kind of thing but you're still taking the time out because you value me in your life and i think that in itself comes from yeah like going through this mma journey going through traveling and being able to train with people and then making these connections with people that are successful or driven or motivated or also on that kind of self-growth self-awareness journey um then it just ends up you know cycling more self-awareness and self-growth for yourself because yep. you're, you're like constantly manifesting that positivity towards your your own kind of journey and like yeah just a birthday just reminds me of how many connections i've made over the world because one i have like something that i value as having a good energy and being a good yep. person yeah and that has manifested me all these great connections and all these people that I know, like, you know, if I rocked up to random pockets of the world, even like somewhere that I don't go off, like Miami or something that I don't go often, or I've never been to Bali before, but I have friends over that, yeah. you know, would help me and connections because of the impacts that you've made along the way. And because we also get to share this language of martial arts, which is like sick. Yeah, no, I agree. Like speaking of Bali, I was there at the start of the year for like six weeks spent i pretty much trained every day at bali mma people that i'll be out of call for years and years and years like austin he's uh one of the like the coaches there fucking g day one i'm at that day i'm like you're my homie like yeah, we're we're we fucking <laughs> we are good like you are my people but uh yeah it's just it's got such a cool way of doing that and i think that there's definitely like people that could be dickheads and oh. be around the gym and be around. like, there's still those people still they get doing, filtered out pretty yeah. quick. But, and I mean, there might be like the rare one or two that, that stay around, but like yeah. on average, man, like if you go to a gym, like most of those people that have been there a long time, got some real skin in the game. Like, you found out who the dickheads are and like yeah. they've pretty much left and you know who they are and you just don't associate and like every i feel like anything like any hobby any community of any oh, yeah. variety you're gonna have you know a few bad eggs but they kind of make the they also like make the environment as well like you kind of need them to yeah. just like reassure yourself like oh 
I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. You're a bit egotistical and narcissistic. I'm going to not be like you. Yeah. I'm going to hang out with these guys and I'm going to click with these guys and, you know, whatever. Where are, so where are you at in jiu-jitsu at the moment? Have you been training much jiu-jitsu? Yeah. You're still loving it? When was the last time you yes. put the gi on? Did you oh, ever do that? I don't know about gis, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a belt anymore? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I you do. do. I actually, because I opened my wardrobe the other day and my friend was over and he was like, what are those? And I was like, gis. <laughs> I, like, I used to wear them. <laughs> I remember when I used to wear those, yeah. And like one of them's like the show your role Ruka one. And oh, that's like, dope. I'm like, why do I not wear that $200 gi? But anyway, um, especially because I actually took a gi over to San Diego with me thinking, you know, they do a lot of jiu-jitsu over here. And then I went to 10th Planet like an idiot. No, oh. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing with a gi? And then like everyone that I hung out with over there doesn't really do gi either. Mm. And then like the the best, but that's like, I'm obviously prominently no gi. I'm yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. forever no gi. I'm like a five-year blue belt. Like <laughs> I might <laughs> be too. a forever blue belt. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's fine. I'm okay with that. I've accepted it in my journey. That's Ugh. fine. If someone pops out a purple belt, like definitely, but I'll be stoked. Jimmy? But at some point, <laughs> I'm just, just one of Jimmy. Up. I'm there all wait, the time. Wait, wait, you keep getting tapped with triangles in fights, all right? It's fucking not happening, all right? Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> that's fair. And then, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, just I've been doing heaps of nogi, but like coming back here with Jimmy again, um, like we have a little breakfast club, me, him, and Jesse, and like a couple other people we used to be Georgia and stuff as well, but she um just moved up north and that kind of thing. We had a little crew. We rock up. We do a whole bunch of stuff. Whether we like. Uh, looking at something off Danaher's instructional or we just saw something on the weekend or like especially ADCC gave us a lot of inf- um, kind of influence to work a few things but we have just been I feel like this is probably like the best um, I mean I really I'm at the best developmental stage of my jiu-jitsu game and I've become um, a lot more connected to it yeah I've always kind of had that love-hate relationship with it and I think I've said that to you before yeah like it's you're just, sort of just doing it because you have to do it yeah it's been a bit of a chore and especially out of all the facets that I have to do like jiu-jitsu would definitely be the one that I'm least motivated for but obviously I've consistently done just could have done better maybe and I think now I am doing better and I am concerned and even like um I, I said that to Mill on Tuesday in the last like week three different people have kind of said um how much they're enjoying how much I'm training even though you know like I'm not in camp or anything I don't even have anything on the horizon um I'm kind of at this weird limbo area but I'm just one thing I can control is training so yeah. I'm just gonna train yeah. I'm just gonna get better and I am getting better I'm like hitting like even I, I know surprised Jimmy the other day hitting something that I probably wouldn't have the older version less um kind of developed version would have hit like a like an inverted triangle kind of from not inverted but from the back yeah um that's what i hit a lot now which is like that's such a random thing for it to be my kind thing of thing yeah. Yeah, yeah um but i i am good on the back and um one of my fights i finished on the back and i didn't finish the rear naked and it burnt me so i had mm. worked my back control so much and so i'm good on the back but i sometimes people are a bit slippery to finish the rear naked so i was like what else can we do from here and that's now one of the things i'm adding to my repertoire so i those those are just like little um indicators that i am developed a lot and i and nogi especially is just my bread and butter and i actually enjoy going in and doing it like i'll do the midday classes more than i'll do the midday striking classes um of jiu-jitsu so these kind of things i'm, I'm like really stoked about that that maybe is another positive of me coming back to the gold coast and having someone like jimmy um that i am so comfortable with and i i trust and i respect mm. his knowledge so much that i will you know kind of do whatever he says but he also has that ability to teach um, really open-minded um, to be like, 
uh, that could go wrong. That's true. Like if you ask a question, like a silly question in a sense, yeah. you'd be like, yeah, that's true. That could go wrong. But, um, you know, this, this and this, or maybe I'll look into, I'll, I'll, he'll, he'll literally like learn something himself and then be like, I don't want to teach you yet. I just want to hit it a few times or keep working it in my roles. And then I'll come back to you once I've fully understood it and then I can teach it to you. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and like having someone around like that, like that obviously understands jujitsu a lot better than I do. I, and I understand striking a lot better than he does. So I understand that there's like that difference in learning capabilities is just like my own resource basically to go learn yeah. something for me and then teach it to me in a way that I'm going to like understand it because I speak Jimmy and I know yeah, yeah, what he's yeah, going to yeah. say. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's that's in itself been a blessing. He's one of the funnest people to train with. Best. Like one of the funnest people to roll with. Like, man, I love, there was a, a period, it was probably like through COVID really where like the their like gyms were closed and like I just found myself training with him no time limit on you know no yeah. clock on and just like rolling and then the the pace like goes in these crazy and he won't stop waves. until you say oh yeah. can we grow a drink yeah yeah uh-huh. and that's that's what it was you know like you just do like these 20 minute half hour rolls dude is always down like if you like you walk i walk in in this right now we'd roll 100 percent. yeah he'd like start busking towards you and you'd be like shit man yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'll, yeah. and he'll never say no yeah. and it will always be fun like yes. there's a he i think and safe yeah, and good yeah, yeah he's a really great example of of like what a black belt should and yeah. could be i reckon and he's been a black belt for so long now and you kind of forget like and he doesn't ever promote that in an egotistical way no, he never like like you wouldn't even know that he's a black belt and has been longer than like pretty much any of our other black belts in the gym maybe other than um the newest one that's just come with us but i forgot his name um and that kind of thing and you're just like and him going to adcc is funny because he went to adcc trials um and like i'll ride for jimmy like i don't like like he's he's a definitely also a different personality so it's not everyone's bread and butter like and maybe outside of the gym which is whatever like but he's so authentically himself so comfortable in himself and that's what i love about him and i've known him for a long time and he supported me through so much and then um so we go to adcc i'm ready to ride for my people georgia and were um, you at 80 like the vegas no no, no, no this is just the, the trials, trials in yeah, sydney yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah went down with them and i was like yeah of course i'm gonna watch you guys like this is massive especially now knowing how big the adcc event was gonna was, be yeah. and and was now so um went down and he's you know wearing a t-shirt and boardies <laughs> and i love it like mm. i was like this is the best like and um few people were like just saying stuff about it and like this like quite bigger guy um said something about it and i turned around I'm like you're talking shit about my mate like <laughs> and like um he was like oh like why is he wearing a t-shirt it's like getting and it was getting caught in the other guy's foot and blah 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 and I was like, because he wants to. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm ready to throw hands, bro. Like, say when. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, because Jimmy is just like one of those guys that, like, one, if you look back at the lineage of Jiu Jitsu, that's what they used to train in t shirts and stuff. If you're a fan of Gorilla Hands, then you'll yeah, know, yeah, like, you know, yeah, that's yeah. the vibe. Like, so there was other reasons where it's fine. There's and something it's fun not an ADCC. There's something legitimately set. fun about training a shirt. That was one thing I did in Bali MMA all the time. And I, I don't do know it. why, it just fucking feels cool it feels cool i do it all the time like maybe but i'll tuck mine in because i always wear oversized tees yeah. i'll tuck mine in but like especially if i'm not like not feeling super skinny or something at the moment i just want to like roll comfortable i'm gonna roll in a t-shirt whatever and, and like comps are obviously a different story but adcc doesn't have a like a, hey, exactly. a uniform thing so 
roll in a t-shirt and some cool boardies go for it bro i think it's great like and if it was really um hindering the the match in any way then for sure they're probably just going to take it off you and yeah. jimmy would have taken it off no no questions asked he's not like argumentative about it or whatever but like that's what he wants to chain in and like it just but it just was more about the fact that like anything that dude does i'll back it like 100 yeah, yeah. like i'll ride for that dude i'll ride for georgia like and like everyone knows that too and just and her subbing um Livia was amazing. Like, oh, really? Yeah, she wow. was a knee bar, I think. No shit. Um, so she got like that ain't easy to. She hit. got the biggest seed in the first round, like yeah. first round of draws. Um, Livia Jars, and you know, obviously mentally, that's a big feat knowing yeah. that you're gonna go to Sydney and and another think. epic human. And she's like amazing, but she does get in her head. A, she has some self doubt with with competition. I think she just needs to compete more, and you know, you know, feel that feel the feelings but then like navigate them in her own way um because she has the ability to be the best in the world absolutely hands down and um and so obviously we're just like she was like well you know like if i lose her it's not a big deal but if i win you know then it's going to be good because then it's smooth sailing from there blah blah blah. she knee bars her in like i think it was like two minutes or something like that and we're losing our mind obviously we're just like and like I, I love Livia Jasu. Like, what a phenomenal yeah, pioneer of the jujitsu and yeah. everything else, and and a great representative and everything else. But like, that's my G. Like, like <laughs> she like, and I know how much she gets in her head about stuff. So it wasn't even just about the sub. It wasn't it was like about, about her it was personal win too. She believed in herself and you, and she backed herself, and that's what happens when she backs herself. And yeah. like, and then that like, and she's a brown belt subbing so a black belt, and like just all these other little things. And it was just like she could have won and then it just obviously she didn't end up winning the trials but um i can't even remember how she lost but um but yeah but it wasn't even really about that like that was the win that we took away from the day and if she can take that confidence into every other thing or the next adcc trials or whatever then like yeah it would be amazing so yeah just good to see friends do well and um especially in jiu-jitsu that's even more motivating for me yeah yeah the the jiu-jitsu comps like i it's what gives me so much respect for you is because like in my own small way like the anxiety that is induced from doing just a fucking local jiu-jitsu tournament is so hectic (laughs) so like to amplify that to like I, i think you're probably right like you probably don't think about the physical consequences of fighting as much as because like jujitsu still hurts yeah, like oh. it's it's no like i'm sore as fuck today <laughs> and i've got so many little injuries right now from rolling just much. rolling every yeah re-roll every day i get, get less injuries up. and that's inspiring than rolling yeah so i don't think that jujitsu like i guess you're not getting well nah, but dude even like fuck man like galeb they do the fight nights at the at the academy oh yeah and it's like god damn some of the boys are get like shane last time he fought with hen and got like this mass did you see it on his fucking no? instagram Oh, like the biggest black eye from just like a head clash on a takedown. So, I mean, jiu-jitsu is no joke physically. So, it's not like it's a step up what you're doing physically. But I just think like the level, like the stage that you're on Hmm. and to be in that arena and to be with those fans and the TV and like the fucking media you've got to do and the photographs you got to do beforehand and like fuck that. Like seriously, fuck that. It's so hard just to do a local jiu-jitsu competition. Like... It's funny because I think like if you asked a couple of other fighters, they'll say jujitsu com is actually worse what? for the anxiety. Why? Like I know that's so <laughs> crazy. Fuck? I think it's just because of the way the day of a jujitsu com is kind of set up, especially if it's like say like if I went to like Vegas, like actual ADCC Worlds or something, that would be a whole different story. Or even like West Coast or East Coast trials, they're like yeah. a whole two day thing. 
you got heaps of matches and all that sort of stuff. I just think like um, because it's like multiple things in a day and you and it's sort of unexpected as to when that time will be. I think for us like and especially if you've done it a few, maybe not if it's your first fight or your like first pro fight or whatever in, in your early days. But once you kind of get a groove on, you're just like, yeah, I'll fight probably about 7 p.m. I'll be out of there by 8, eating food by 9 ruin it like it's just like you like i don't know you're just like yeah it's another day like of course you still get anxiety you still get um you've just figured out how to yeah deal with it you, you're just navigating it a little bit differently and i think maybe yeah maybe if i had done heaps of jujitsu comps then i would have that same feeling about jujitsu comps because i don't do a lot of jujitsu comps i get to a jujitsu comp and i'm like fuck like how many matches do i have like yeah. what time is it Start what count. mat is it yeah. on like is that six or is that six like yeah. does it go one two three four five six or does it go one two three four five six like you're just like god damn it like, yeah. and you've reassured it like five times and you're like did i still get it wrong am i on the wrong mat like like just stuff like that like i think it's just Laying made the, the unknown day. yeah yeah and i i always just go kind of in open weights and jujitsu just because i'm like well there's not gonna be a lot of people bigger than me but um and it's just like stuff like that but it's just kind of different setups. Not, it's not my niche, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I think it's like it's definitely the same in in a lot of ways. But obviously, you just don't have that exposure to the audience that we yeah. have. But yeah. that's the only difference. You're never gonna get. Or I, don't, I mean, ADCC, ADCC filled out nineteen thousand, yeah. but yeah. Um, you're never gonna get. Yeah, the viewers on a, all jujitsu, every single jujitsu match, as you will on one fight. You know, a fight yeah. night is four hours, maybe. Jujitsu is two days worth of. And two days of like three people competing at a time. So, yeah, you know, like yeah. It's like technically two days times three in a sense for somebody else. So yeah. it's like you're never going to have that many spectators looking at the one person all the time. Whereas we just have one cage, one set time. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a little bit different. But Man, yeah. I, I think that the thing for me is like, I, I've said it, pardon me, I've said it a bunch like, I don't even really want to win. I just don't want to fucking lose. <laughs> and like, I just don't want to look an idiot, I think. Yeah, like I just don't want all these people to... Like, I, I don't hate... get wrist locked. Um, I don't get toe-holded. I don't want to get like buggy choked. I don't want to get like something <laughs> stupid. Like, yeah. It's not saying that those are not legitimate submissions, but in a comp, like, come on, bro. Like, yeah, do better. Be better. <laughs> Be better. <laughs> but yeah, just like letting people down, like that feeling of like knowing that these people are like watching. That's my biggest thing. And I just can't imagine, like I, I have no like uh, fallacy in my mind. There's nothing built up in my mind that I could be a fighter. <laughs> like, in no, like in no way, shape or form. Have you been in street fights? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like just to like prepare and plan and then be like, righto, at this day, I'm going here and I'm do- I would be a fucking wreck the, the entire time. Like, yeah. oh, just it seems like a lot. It just yeah. seems like, and it, even for me, like when I book a fucking jujitsu competition, like uh, Worlds are on in Abu Dhabi in November and I'm going to be there. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, fuck, do I do it? And I'm like looking at the entries like crazy. I'm like, fuck, dude, you suck so bad. Like you haven't even booked this thing and you're shitting your pants. <laughs> You don't even know if you're going. Yeah, exactly. It's like crazy, crazy fucking crazy anxiety. But without the anxiety, we wouldn't push ourselves to like not fail. And that's that's the thing. That's the fun part. That's where the juice is. And after you finish that comp, if you do it, you're you're going to think back. Yeah, win or lose, you're going to be like, fuck yeah, I did that. I did that. No one can take that away from me. No one can take that experience away from me. Like, so that, and that's the thing about, yeah, winning or losing in the cage. Like, you know, there's a 50 50 chance. Like, you're going to win or lose. That's your only two options. Like, there's no like third place or like you know 
maybe will come fifth out of ten. Like there's it's win or lose. Yeah. Like first or second, and second is shit. Like yeah. <laughs> how long how long did it take you to get your head around it? You reckon? Because you've been in the game a while. It's like what eight years ago was your first fight? Yeah. Um. Like the first ten. MMA ten. Fuck. Hectic, hey, yeah. So hectic. 18, still in the game. Still in the game. Still out here. <laughs> we are you Hustling. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, nine, nine, ten years ago, um, had my first amateur. So, um, that's a career, bro. And it's, yeah, that's the crazy thing. It happened so quick. And that's what I said before. Like, you don't realize it's the best years of your life until the best, you're like, They're oh, gone. shit, it's yeah. a career. Like, yeah. I remember I was always looking at all these other guys that had been in it for ages that had had, like, 10, 20 fights or whatever. I was like, oh, I can't wait to have, like, 10, 20 fights. So I've only got like three and it's like, um, and then I, I, am lucky that I did kind of forget about that, um, thing that I had, that mindset that I had at the very beginning, because then I was just like, now I'm just enjoying the journey and I have enjoyed the journey. I feel like I've been present enough throughout all the mm. great and good and bad things throughout my time, rather than just being like, I've got to get to the gold, 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 like keep pushing. Um, but yeah, it kind of happens real quick and you're just like, whoa, like, and then someone says, someone else says it and you're like, yeah, I have been here for a minute. Mm. Hey, like that is pretty crazy, but um, but it's it's cool. Like it is obviously also a cool feat. But I, th- I and I in um to answer your question, I don't think you ever get used to it. Mm. In a sense, I think you just like have you know a better understanding of it. Yeah. yeah, you understand how the whole production works and these things and these bits and pieces and who's going to be standing here, where, when. But you still got to ride the ride. Yeah, and sometimes you lose that as well. You kind of lose that confidence, and then you got to pick it back up in some other way you maybe lose like a drive i remember like i was going through a hard time and i was really drawing from that and i didn't realize like i was really drawing from that hard time and that bad relationship to like win fights like which is crazy and then i Uh. am now at a point where i'm like really good like my life is good it's drama free like like some things could be better some things could be way worse though as well like kind of thing and i it kind of like not took away my passion but i was just like oh like i need to maybe not draw off that then i need to draw off something else that's a real thing eh? like especially in right yeah i kind of know what you're talking about too now um yeah the in moto there's guys where like they need to pretty much be at like war with the industry yeah they need people like (laughs) hating on them yeah they they need that that shit they haven't figured out how to win without that fire inside them and like they'd always win after they got dumped by a team and then they get on a new team and then they win and then they go like two or three years with that team and then they don't win anymore and then they fucking get done and then they win like that's uh that's actually like a cool thing for you to realize in the moment that like oh i'm fucking like i'm in this bad relationship because it's given me like a certain level of rage yeah that like i'm or like i just couldn't get out of it but i didn't also realize how i was drawing from it as well yep yep I also was doing badly as well. It's hard. It's hard because like I did, I did good in some, and then when the drama was way too much and it chipped into the performances because it was like, like fight night, like bad things are happening, which is obviously not what you want to do going into a fight, and then that takes away from the performance, and then I just was drained to get into the performance, and I was like, fuck, I don't have anything for this now. I've just been like drained yeah, by old done. mate. Like yeah. I, this is just That's too much. So like fucked. yeah, which is shit to look back on, but it's also you know you got to take responsibility for me putting myself in that situation and allowing him to you know be a a part of it. But and then like um, but it, it's funny even before that I had a like good relationship, um, 
and it was something that my ex said when I was in that good relationship. She was like, do you think I like care about you too much that I'm like causing you to not be as good of a fighter? And the fact that he even was self-aware enough to say that, yeah. um, uh, cause I lost my Bellator, I, did, I had my de- Bellator debut with him and he was lovely, just very empathetic, very caring, very, like very nurturing. And the, the energy that I needed at the time, definitely. But he, in his mind was like, maybe I'm too soft and I'm yeah. too like, you Enabling. know. Enabling. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not giving you, and I was like, nah, honestly, this is a good balance right now. I was like, I lost cause I lost. Like I was like, it's my debut. It was a lot. I didn't know what's going on. Like we're out here in front of like 30 K people, 50 cents in the crowd. I don't know what's happening. I'm like, <laughs> well, I literally went from fighting in Hong Kong to this. I was like, it's not on you, but I appreciate you for like taking that in consideration because I have seen that happen with like, um, it's funny. I had to speak, I had a conversation actually with one of the guys who's like really high up in the UFC, one of my good friends. And um, he was like, oh, to a girl who just had a baby, I think it was, or she'd either just got into a relationship and she got pregnant. And he was like, what? She won't come back for a while. She might come back in, a, in ages away, but she won't come back for a while. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, like he's the dude that scouts and does and signs people and yeah. match makes. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, she's loved. She's loved. She has everything she needs right now. Yeah. Why would you fight? And I was like, yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I don't want to agree. Like, cause yeah. I was in this like denial stage that like, cause I want so badly to have everything in my life, but I want so badly to be a world champion as well. Like, yeah. and that was at a, this was maybe like four or five years ago that I was having this conversation with him. And I was like, before I was in Bellator and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, maybe I can't have both. What if I can't have both? Mm. And I can't have both, but it just takes a lot of maturing, a lot of understanding, a lot of self awareness that like you taking responsibility for everything, every single thing, like, and drawing off the right things. And so, you know, you can go up and down, you can let your personal life affect it positively or negatively. But at the end of the day, you just got to take into consideration. Like if I'm the best, I'm the best. I don't need a freaking bad relationship or a good relationship relationship, to manifest that. I just need to be the best. Well, they're not in there with you. Yeah, exactly. So then it's all just about how you navigate all of that personal life. So it kind of goes up and up and down in waves. It's funny. There'd be, it'd be a weird, well, not weird. It'd be like a challenge to date a, a professional female fighter. I think, I think it'd take like a certain, like a special kind of dude. Um, and then a lot of times as well, like, uh, like female fighters will probably end up dating fighters. And then there's, there's like this weird, there would be a weird clash of like egos in a sense of like, if you're a male fighter, but your chick's the star. Like, how does that go down behind closed doors? Like, what do his mates tease him about? What it Like, it'd probably take a special dude to kind of be in that relation and, like, be solid in that situation. Like, I always I always think about Kerry Hart and Pink. So, like, Kerry Hart's a friend of mine. And, uh, and I, whenever I'm around, like, him and Carmichael, who's, like, one of his mates... Dude, just ripping him like, oh, you came on Pink's helicopter. Oh, you came in Pink's car. Like, nice yeah, like, mama, yeah, like, like full just rip. And he's like such a fucking G. He's the yeah. first dude that's ever backflipped a motorcycle. And he's like, on his own accord. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So and he's like made his own money. He's like he's a fucking lord. But that tag just like stuck on him, you know. But yes. for a, for a fighter, like he's made it in his life. Like he's yeah. good on his own. But you know, you'd see like a male fighter or like you've got her like your chick's the UFC star and you're at like eternal or you know what I mean? It, there would be a lot that would kind of go into that. Then there's a lot of like training together and a lot of like you doing the weight cuts and like being around and like 
even for the, on your side, like knowing a dude, well, he can take a fucking hit. He's a fighter, so I can lay the shit on him. You know, like, I imagine there's like a lot there to make it work. And then if you've got a dude that knows nothing about fighting, then it's like, does he know how to support you? In the moment? Yeah. It'd be a lot. It's, it's that, everything, it's like on the money, everything you're saying. Like, I've dated fighters and I've dated non-fighters and it's like both have their positives and negatives. And it's like, you just have to kind of be with someone that's, no matter what they are and i was like oh i'm never dating a fighter ever again and then um and then i dated a non-fighter and i was like oh that doesn't work anyway and there's no like there's no one or the other there's just like if you're secure in yourself and you've like done your own self-worth yeah, and yeah. stuff like that kind of thing then that will affect every part of your relationship if you and it's not like people don't know what they're signing up for when they meet me it's like bro like yeah. fight like that's you see a love block pretty much <laughs> pretty much the only like guaranteed thing is that there's going to be punch-ons like <laughs> i'm going to get paid for them but there's going to be punch-ons like yeah, yeah. in the gym or whatever like and it's just kind of like it is i think the idea of it sometimes intrigues people and they're that's like probably that's probably true like too, a great right? idea and yeah. this is cool and it's glory and we can travel and blah 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 and that's great and then they get in amongst it and they're in the shadows or whatever and they're you know they're back on the back burner and they're on the behind especially during the weeks and then the funny thing is because my love language is caring and nurturing after people like the day-to-day i'm given a lot and then but when it's like my week like that's all i ask for is just like my week has it has to be about me because that means i'm going to have the best that's opportunity to win between, yeah, yeah win and, and make money for us at the end of the day because me casa su casa like it's always like that's my ideal like i'm i'm very i dive in a little bit hard as well and i'm one of those people i give a lot and i you know give my best like all the time um and that's bit me in the ass and then it's also being positive as well because like that's just how i am but for that reason um i see it from a different perspective i see it from like i care like i'm putting you first all the time i'm like choosing you and us and this and um giving you the energy that you're asking for but then maybe during i don't see from your perspective that during those weeks it must be hard to be in the shadows and be in the shadows of a masculine sport of something that you're meant to be good at in on the society's like expectations so yeah. it's like it's a whole different thing to navigate and i understand that it's difficult and for that reason i've just i've decided to be more selective myself i've just yeah. decided to kind of make the decision for you like in a sense yeah, like because yeah. like you may think it's a great idea but like i know if you've got what it takes or not to hang or yeah. if you don't and if you don't it's just going to cause us both heartache because it's not going to work like like later on down the track or whatever so it's just like it just made me a little bit more um definitely have a bigger peripheral of yeah yeah the other things that you need to be around now like i because then it was like on my own like self-worth journey it was really hard for me to be like oh maybe i'm just like hard to love and i'm hard to be around i'm 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 not really meant to be happy kind of thing and you go through that journey and i'm just like no like you know like i know i deserve a lot from a single mom too like that probably plays in your mind as well like you've been kind of like abandoned in a sense as well so like having to go through you'd have like a lot of walls up in that sense and probably like a and you'd know like okay well this is like one possible end case yeah you know yeah and and because um not at her fault but because i didn't have a 
a strong like healthy relationship to like look towards as an example that made it and because i didn't have a male figure in my life other than all my coaches and the people that i'm very grateful for but um from a young age i didn't know what i was looking for in a sense so and i think and because i am very um accepting of diversity and stuff like that and um because I dip in, I play, I'm a chameleon a lot and I dip into a lot of different Yeah, you got like a pretty wide range of interests. Yeah. There's like a lot of people you can get along with. Yeah, and for that reason, and because, you know, like I didn't have a picket fence, but I also, you know, don't sit here now trying to do anything like bad and that kind of thing. But I dip into like both areas. I'm friends with both people and that kind of thing. And you know what it's like. Um, But for that reason, I've never really been that discriminatory against anyone and I can see... I see past everyone. I look for their inner child. That's what yeah, I'm looking yeah, for at the end of the yeah. day. I'm looking for like what your love language is and how you're going to give that love to me in a sense. I'm not really looking of like, I feel like this has been negative. I wasn't always looking of like what car you drive and how much money you have. Yeah, what's like the like nuts that. and bolts of this situation? Yeah, yeah, which to an extent I should have, yeah. to be honest. There was like a limit where I just let it go too far and I was just accepting everyone for how they were and that's how I like to be. But there is also, if you're going to hang with me, then you do also have to have drive. You do also have aspiration. You do have to have like um, pride in your appearance and all yeah. these other little things that are little, but they do make a massive difference long term. Yeah. And so it's just like now I guess um kissing a few frogs has been positive again like the positive is that i now know what i'm after and i now know what it takes to kind of create a healthy lifestyle and if it's anything less than that i don't really have time to waste like i'm not i'm not dating for anything other than like marriage and game like i'm not like you know i'm not here to fuck around and i don't i'm never in the same freaking city for long enough to do shit like that anyway so if you're on board it's going to be difficult like no matter where i am like even if you are from the gold coast i'll probably be gone like you know next week or whatever so it's always going to be like that extra these extra loopholes that i have to jump through and stuff like that so for that reason now it's just like i know what i want and i like if you're matching my energy, then that's great. But if you're giving me any less than what I deserve, then no, nah, we're out of here. Like, and that's like the guy I'm kind of seeing at the moment. That's kind of like, I think the up and down journey we've had. And we also live in different spots and that's always hard. And then um, other things and baggage and all that sort of stuff. We just like, I'm just like, look like, and I tell him how it is all the time. I'm like, yeah. like, where's the energy? Like, I'm a 10. Like, where's the energy? Like, better be what it is. Cause like, I know I got your back, but like, you know. Yeah. Or just if you want to like if you want to make this work say the word but if you don't then like we can you know navigate yeah. it how it is but and it's yeah. because i know what i want and i know that if you're in your own head about it and you're like oh maybe i'm like not you know um able to hang around all her fighter friends or whatever it is i don't know what i don't know what goes on behind the scenes but communication then just knowing that they can do that is the most important i think the the biggest thing i think it's just for any relationship but it's like i feel like the foundation of the work that you need to do as a person this is what i've really learned through my 20s is that you just need to like find out what you're insecure about yes and accept it like or fix it yeah both do both yeah but like well some stuff you can't no don't don't deny it yeah yeah some stuff like you well you just are who you are and like and even for me there was like parts of me and there's still parts of me where i'm like fuck you're a dickhead like you're (laughs) such a fucking loser bro yeah and it's like i have to be like okay with that guy and like i've i spent a lot of my life like i actually had this chat with my brother coming back from the track the other day like i spent a really big part of my life like hating certain parts of my own personality and like who I am. And it's stuff like, 
I think it's one of the good things about doing like mushrooms and shit is I feel like it kind of takes you back so to less. like the the roots of like like where that come from and it then takes your ego out. Yeah, and you can be a little bit more objective, and I feel like you can be a bit more kind to like those parts of you. So, you know, for me, there's like there were certain things where it was like the way I would like talk about certain things, the way I'd say things, and I'm just like, oh, fucking gross, bro. Like, <laughs> but then when you like, I you go back and you can like you look through the lens of with like context of your childhood and like the people that you're around and like the way that you grew up and it's like i'm like man i could kind of see the way that i was like pinballed into like being that guy and it's like it's not that bad like give yourself a break like work on it over time you know so it's like you zone in on these insecurities or if it's stuff that is in your control like fix those fucking problems yeah like fix your situation like I, I, I had a thing, like a real big thing, like not coming from much money and like having a real weird relationship to it where I thought that it was going to solve all my problems. I thought I wanted to be mega rich. I thought I had like a weird... That's what was missing. You yeah. thought that was the thing. But then I didn't want it at the same... Like subconsciously, mm. it's almost like I did everything I could to like push it away. Yeah. And, and you stayed in like this weird kind of zone and it, almost like... Uh, almost like living like i wanted to just hold on to like the potential i didn't want to actually get there because if i got there and it wasn't what i wanted then like i'd be fucked yeah so it was almost like you just stay living in this like it's like this uncomfortable comfort zone in a sense but so anyway it's just like really drill down into like what are you insecure about like what yeah. do you don't what don't you like and about yourself what that, don't you like, like about your negative self-talk like yeah. that like because i used to think i used to think it wasn't humble to be like i'm a 10 or i'm worth more or whatever and yeah, i don't yeah i don't think that came from anything specific i think that it does come from like a new zealand culture of tall poppy syndrome a little bit and yeah. like don't shine too bright like calm the fuck down and like humble yourself but then when you're in the limelight of this and you've got attention on you and stuff like that you're kind of like i am the shit but you, <laughs> yeah, then it's yeah. like an egotistical point of view so that's yeah. like a different thing and then so the, then i found this like middle ground where i was like no i just like i am fucked up and i've got dumb stuff that i do and i'm like yeah i'm i talk too much or i like you know care too much and i like sometimes smother people or whatever or whatever it is like and then I, my friends will hear me say that and they'll be like, what? Like, you don't, you're like the worst person to reply, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so there's yeah, like this yeah, middle yeah. ground where I just have my faults, but I've accepted them and I know where they came from. I've literally dived deep into being like, oh yeah, this came from this. I just need to like understand it, consciously work at it, but it's not going to happen overnight. I might still muck up every now and again and be like, oh, like I can see myself doing that or I can see myself being socially awkward or yeah, whatever yeah, it is, like, yeah. and not dealing with my anxiety or insecurities and uncomfortableness and about in a good way and but i'm like i'm okay with it like and it's such a you hear people talking about that too and you're just like that doesn't make sense how do you get okay with it and and then you well you realize there's stuff that you just can't control like there's just certain like you are you you know what i mean and what am i gonna do get another skin suit like i don't have a choice like bro so how about i just like we said just be proactive and work on it let you feel your feelings and then and also be so aware about it that when it happens and someone like say you're in a romantic relationship and someone pulls you up on it you can be like yeah no i actually do agree with you i know that happens all the time yeah Yeah. that's correct i it came from this and also maybe i do try to fix it but i'm not always right all the time i'm always killing it so maybe just um 
help me like yeah. that should be what it's about help me love help love me in a way that's going to support me yeah. in being the be that better version of myself i'm not saying that it's not my fault i'm just saying like there is ways that you could cope with it as well that could also aid us both and hopefully eventually we won't have to deal with this issue but like at the end of the day like that's just something that you're going to have to accept and once you're aware about it like what are you going to do like there's something that my mom says something that i say all the time like you can't like get angry at the truth sometimes like you yeah. you really can't like yeah. you can be angry at each other and be arguing about nothing after a little time but you can just be like yeah no nah, i fucked up like <laughs> like well that's like the way that all like you could have a fight for four days in a relationship and that's where it's gonna get to like at some point like if you don't break up someone's gonna give in mm. like someone will go because someone's wrong yeah and someone's maybe more wrong someone's maybe less wrong you know but at some point to clear up any kind of like drama or fight in a relationship someone has to be wrong so it's like let's just get there now yeah like who you know and and that does and that's come pushing to, your ego aside that, exactly that comes to you just being like super objective listen to that advice for yep. your mom and be like Which yeah well being in arguments yeah <laughs> it comes from being in arguments and then being like midway through the argument and in my head being like what am i doing like, so fucking wrong here. i'm yeah. i'm so wrong and i'm still arguing like why like why are you doing that because your ego yeah. and then like going back to like yeah hallucinogenics mushrooms and substances that you can use as resources like um there's people that obviously abuse them but what i've found with even like lsd and stuff doing it by myself like people like you did it by yourself and i was like yeah that's the only way to do it i was it. like yeah. that's the best way use <laughs> yeah. it as a resource because it strips your ego all the way down and then you're literally just like why did i get angry about that why did i do this about this why didn't i apologize to this person why it's so crazy all these it's euphoric so it keeps you in a positive mindset which is good as, as long as you're kind of navigating in your the right space yeah in yeah. the right space but um it's so you're you're coming from a place of love like the intention is always going to be positive and at the end of the day the intention is important i remember there's a book called um 12 rules of power or whatever it is oh yeah and it's yeah. like intention is not important if this is what the fault is and i like heavily disagree i think intention is everything intention yeah. is whatever well, you're putting completely. out into this yeah. universe you know and you can f have good intentions and fuck up all the time and of course that means it's now your responsibility to fix the fuck up it may be your fault fault and responsibility of those two things that coincide it doesn't matter whose fault it is now your responsibility and that's like a whole thing in itself but at the end of the day, if your intention was positive and you meant well, then that means the next time you do it, you're going to mean well, but you're just going to learn off the failure that you fucked up before yeah. or whatever happened. So if your intention is pure and you can put your ego aside like 90% of the time, it's going to be so much more positive in your yeah. life. You're going to have so much better quality of life. I agree. Hey, this might sound real fucking weird, but <laughs> I think intentions, right? So this is where, this is my like argument for intent. Intentions matter more than anything. Yeah. You can say a real nice thing to a person and hate their fucking guts you can say a real fucked up thing to a person and you can love that person so much like if you know a person's intentions right and so i think the most like extreme version not most extreme but like an extreme version of this for me to like i guess prove this point i'm singing along to every rap song and i'm saying the n-word bro and i don't give a fuck right i love rap music yeah black people make rap music and they say the n-word a lot and it's in the song and i'm fucking and singing and i'm singing along because that's my fucking shit there is not one part 
of me that has any negative or malicious intent. That word, I'm using that word in the context that they are using that word. And it's like, to me, that is like, I guess that's my argument for intent. I can say that. That's perfect argument. I can say that fucking word 30 times in a song Mm. with nothing but love and reverence and like i want to be asap rocky you know what i mean guarantee the people arguing the ladder if they were by themselves in a car and no one was around them no one could hear them they're also singing that song but if people are in the car around them then they're not singing the song and so that's just means the only thing that changes the environment the people that are judging you on your decisions yeah at the end of the day your intention was pure yeah yeah so that that to me is always my example that i go back to yeah and I've got fucking black friends and like we say shit, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, and this is in America. This isn't yeah, even like yeah, Aussie yeah, black yeah, friends yeah. where it's like, that's not Different. the words, not even the context. Yeah. But so it's like that to me, I think is a, a real clear example of like how an intention really, really matters. Yeah. And I think that if, if you ever want to like, it's like you come at me with that, you know, in a sense, I just don't think I could change my my opinion on it and there would be people that would like disagree with that opinion but guess what i can go back to my intentions yeah like you might disagree that like oh man you really shouldn't sing that like part of the song Mm. and it's like fuck you know what maybe you're right but i know exactly where i'm at on this like you can't ride these internals like i'm riding these internals i'm riding the feeling like i'm i'm on the intention like this is yeah. my thing so it's like i i get what you're saying and that might be your opinion but i can tell you the intentions and that's where it comes positive because you're having a conversation about it at the end of the day you're not this, this fucking cancel culture bullshit it's like no you can't sing that you can't do that and you're coming what, out in an did aggressive you see way kendrick lamar bought that chick on stage it, it like really fucking like kind of hurt me when i saw this because he brings this chick on stage and then she did the same thing she started rapping the words and he just canceled her on stage like tore her up and i was just like and he brung her i can't remember um i can't remember the song exactly but literally the intro to the song is like the n-word is the rhyming word of the like the entire fucking intro of the song so like in my eyes i'm like damn you really fucking set this chick up like yeah. she has your cds she streams your music she paid hundreds of dollars to come and see you and now she's singing your song on your stage because she loves you and so like that and you think her intention is against her is the yeah well, yeah and like you're it's How does almost, that like even coincide you yeah. know like you can say her intention is to support you and support music and Every, support african-american music and yeah. like culture and the rap yeah. industry and all these other things you cannot say that now her intention because she said one word that's in your song that she didn't write yeah and she didn't write the song that means the other the rest of the words in the whole song she means all of those words as well because she didn't write it yeah does that mean she's gonna kill someone does that yeah. mean like should we yeah. take should we she says glock or like yep. should we be scared that, that she's like concealed carrying is like what's, yeah, what's yeah, happening yeah, like yeah. you know like how but, far are we going with it yeah so that that That's to me it. like i always think like and and I always try and judge people based off like their intentions. Like that's yeah. what I'll try and read. I'll try and read like what did he mean by that? Like mm. and not not what did he say, not what did he do, because that shit can be convoluted at times. And you it know? can like go the other me- way too. Like as in you can see past someone's like and words. You, and you can have a person like, that oh, would yeah, be like, right, oh, I would never, I'd never say the n word ever. Be racist as fuck and do racist <laughs> shit. But like I do have black friends. You're like, oh god. 
Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. worse than saying the N word. Like, do you understand? <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. or whatever it is. So it's just like, it's funny how that happens. But yeah, so I think that intentions are the things that, that you need to look for in people. And hold you know? on to, hold on to your moral compass. And then just if someone put, if you fuck up and someone pulls you up, just be like, hey, you're probably right, but like, I didn't mean to. Yeah. And I know that doesn't mean anything, but next time I will do better. And this is my like pathway to do that these are the these are the actions and steps i'm going to take to do so but yeah. I, ex- I i respect you pulling me up on it and at the end of the day you should like surround yourself not with yes men and with people oh, that are going to pull yeah. you up on things that you need to be criticized on so yeah it's just like as long as you can always accept like yeah whatever it is then and your intentions are pure those two things kind of coincide i agree yeah. hey what did you take out of adcc that was a dope dope oh thing for grappling like it was so much unbelievable man there's so many, like, and I, like, I'm, like, we've had a conversation about, I don't always watch jiu-jitsu. I was invested yeah, in ADCC two days straight. Yeah. I was, I didn't wake up at 4 a.m. There's no way. My uh, my friends invited me and I was like, no, nah, it's not going to happen. We ain't doing but, that. <laughs> but I'll watch the replay on Flow Grappling because yeah. I've got the year, year-long Wait, Whoever's got my fucking Flow subscription, I was logged out of that bitch <gasps> so many times and, like, no one fucking messaged me to be like... Oh hey bro, it's me, and I was like, "Who the fuck has this?" And it's ejecting me. I like changed the password, didn't work because they stayed logged in my oh, account. I was like, you mother, like, "Motherfuckers!" That's hilarious. But after and you know after who day was making one, a shit ton of money on the weekend? Flow grappling, bro. God damn! They suck you into a year long membership. That right, is like, hectic. That almost that almost feels like. I mean, I pay for it anyway, but I was just like, for for all the one time fans, like so Gordon goes on Rogan and mo is on rogan and then they're like like sending people to that event how many more people would have watched it if it was just a one-time like ufc pay-per-view yeah and you could just get get flow for the weekend yeah it's pretty gnarly what they did it is smart is it whoever's it's smart but it's cunty like super (laughs) fucking cunty it's like if you really cared about like growing jujitsu that was the event where it's like just make it like 49 bucks make it like a usc pay-per-view yeah yeah i mean like um this time last year i was living in san diego and one of my roommates was in the adcc on the weekend but um he was competing Who's that? In, uh pj barge oh sick um in the 77 yep um beat jt torres that was gnarly like, dude that was insane yeah. <laughs> so good anyway um so he was doing some comp i think it was nogi worlds or it was adcc trials one or the other and I was like, what's it on? Like, I was like, what are we going to watch it on? Like, while well, we're back in San Diego when you're gone. Um, and I'm pretty sure, like, our other roommate, Alima, had the prescri- subscription. But I was like, oh, I just want to watch it on my phone or whatever. So I, I got Flow Grappling. And I was like, they just charged me for a year. And he was like, oh, yeah, my dad's done that before. And he just has, like, emailed or called up and they just, like, refunded it. Never got the refund. I never yeah. even really, like, got through to them. And so that was a year ago. And lucky ADCC, the best ADCC of just fell, just in the fell into yeah, that yeah, year. Yeah. Otherwise, I would be burning. But between West Coast trials, East Coast trials, and ADCC, I don't think I've ever used it for anything else. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's like a hundred and something dollars or it's whatever. Like for, bucks yeah, or yeah. For three events, which I could have probably like pirated or used someone else's like yeah, yeah, account. Yeah. But anyway, it was. You. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was. No, I paid for it, unfortunately. Uh, I'm still stuck. I think I've got. I'll be like, I got like a na- list of names, like not Janae. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check that one. Out. All right, we can go down the list. That's hilarious. But um, 
at least I got to watch it. And it's funny, Amazing like we were like event. walking into the gym, like all of us would be on our phone walking into the gym and I'd be like, what matter are you watching? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it'd be like, man, I'd be like, and then like the absolutes and stuff. So definitely like, yeah, one of the highlights, PJ Barch beating, beating JT Torres. Yeah. One of the other highlights in that was also the fact that JT Torres nasal breeze pretty much all of his matches. So that's just set a fire in my life that I'm like, I want to be at the level of fucks dope, that he gives. Dope. Please, because I don't know how you can even do that. Yeah. You're in ADCC. You're in like 15 minute matches or like finals. I never picked that up. How did you pick that up? Like, do you, um, you just, we just it was, talk about it. It was obvious that he was just nasal breathing the whole time. Um, Yeah. And we were all just discussing it, you know, like while we're watching at the gym, we're all just talking about different stuff. I think Butchie's maybe brought it up and I was just. Oh, like, okay, of course uh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Ring king. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then i was just like holy shit i was like he is i was like that's fucking wild like this dude's not even breaking a sweat um two-time adcc champion and then yeah pj box gets invited like um because i obviously follow his journey because i'm friends with him um his west coast and east coast trials didn't go his way and they were also a bit questionable so like some of the decisions and stuff like that um it was unfortunate and definitely I know took him took it out of him and he gets invited to the the world which is amazing I think and I well deserved I don't think it was like anyone well, he was proved, questioned he proved it yes. too yeah and then so to come in as an invitational take like, out the two time and then champ. take out the two time champ like when he won like his other matches as well lost like I think the semis or something like that um Either way, phenomenal performance for his first ADCC Worlds and taking out the champ. That was massive with a beautiful double leg. Crazy. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, definitely some of the open weights um, and some of the positions that we've been doing. Fion error. Fion error. Fuck. That's she's, like, she's so good, man. She's so good. It's crazy. And she just seems like the most... Like, I follow her on Instagram. She follows me back. Lovely. I remember the day Lovely. she followed me back. I was like, I've made it. I've made yeah, it. Yeah, like, for real. That was like, I think maybe after like one of the Nogi Worlds or something. And she won the Absolute or something. Something crazy. She'd done something. And I was like, she followed me back. She's a and fucking G, bro. She's amazing. I love like, her jiu-jitsu too. If there's a inspirational account that you need to follow for female jiu-jitsu or just jiu-jitsu in general Pull her up, it's Griff. beyond error yeah and um even like i think the other day maybe it was like two How days ago last name? Go so it's, i think it's f-f-i-o-n yeah there we go um bang yeah she's welsh i believe yeah yeah um and so if you scroll down a just little the bit picture of positivity <clears throat> this picture down there in the black and white uh to um, the, yeah yeah she uh yeah look when you used to be terrified no men would ever want to learn from you and making and now you make and making a living out of seminars and jiu-jitsu would be impossible thank you everyone who attended this is the coolest thing ever and it's a fuck ton of people a fuck men ton of dudes and women learning off her and she is this tiny like she's under 60 ki- i don't know what she weighs right at the moment but obviously she's in the under 60 kilogram division adcc of jiu-jitsu she's won absolute divisions before which yeah. is very unlikely to do as a smaller athlete especially a smaller female especially with the people that are in the absolute divisions like gabby and all that sort of stuff um and she, she's won gi worlds no gi worlds she's won adcc and um she just seems like a really humble person and to say that and just to like write that and you can even look at the like comments and stuff she trains with jt torres too so she's with her oh, phenomenal she went and team. Did her camp there this yeah time, i think right? she comes yeah. in and out of essential or whatever it is yeah, yeah um and so that's kind of cool but just like 
she just always like humbles me by like watching I her agree. accounts and yeah. just like just saying like simple stuff like that like these are stuff that all of us go through in the journey all of us think and she puts it she put where's her heart on her sleeve and puts it out there and i'm just like fuck yeah that's amazing like to think that there was a time where jujitsu females really were just like the kids class instructors yeah and it's fucked like it's i think that's like ridiculous like some of the black belts are like kids class instructors and like yeah. not saying kids classes aren't important but you know make them just teach a normal class not a woman's only class a normal fucking advanced class yeah because that's what their knowledge is comprised of yeah to yeah. be able to teach everyone else and it's sort of like people like her and a lot of other like um there's so many amazing well, you can put live in that same yes. category as well yeah. like i remember when i first, literally i've been doing jiu-jitsu five months and i went to live in Lockie's camp in thailand and i was just so blown away by her and and seeing the like the way she just fucked me up like which is rad as well like when you can just get completely destroyed by like a 48 kilo chick yeah um but watching the way that because i was with them pretty much we ate dinner like we ate every meal together like we were hanging and seeing that like she's getting tested every single day in the gym because she's a girl and she's small and she's not as strong and there's like big guys and strong guys that are trying to beat her and it's like just the the level that she uh like the level of humility and the level of integrity and the le- like the attitude that she had to kind of like carry just daily in her jiu-jitsu i was like that's a whole nother layer that you've got like it's hard i think it's hard yeah and it's like and there's this whole other layer and like people like that you know that they've just broken down barriers over and over and over again and had to deal with the crew comments or just the insensitive comments of just like oh like don't hurt me and just all these things that people think are so funny and like respectful whatever and you get into the gym and then you go to roll with them they're like oh don't you're gonna smash me and you're like that's patronizing because you're now saying that i'm going to surprise you if i do smash you basically that's what your intent like saying behind that and it's just like people like this have persevered through that multiple 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 times and over and over again proved people wrong like no i will smash you because i'm really fucking good and people like this are the reason like that they've paved the way for other girls that are now going to get respected as jiu-jitsu coach they're going to sell instructionals they're going to teach seminars they're going to make a living out of jiu-jitsu because they're just as good as the guys they just compete against a different group of people and they're a little bit smaller but it's the same thing and I, i just think like that's like you know from dealing with it firsthand that how many like barriers that they face and then they just take it in their stride and people like Livia, people like Fion just yeah. like are great representatives. They never get angry. They never get upset. At, like she could kind of even like change that caption to be like, oh, when men, you know, used yes, to like yeah, never yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. want to learn anything off me or whatever. No, she, she her self-awareness yeah. and her hum- humility tells her that when you didn't think that you could do it, yeah. but I believe that I could and I did. Yeah, and no, I right. completely agree. Right. Go back to a, go out of this. I just want to let's find some clips. Has she got any fucking cool clips? Go to this oh, the, the video. The real. She's on flow grappling a lot too, so probably. Oh, oh no, nah, she does a lot of. Maybe go on a flow grappling. Oh. I reckon. Um, I don't know if we do the logins. Yeah, just. Oh no, like on the Instagram. Oh yeah. Go to like one. Oh, of, go to these ones. Yeah, yeah, let's go to that one, dude. How's the view she's getting too? Hey. Eh? Yeah. Gee. Man. Because it's yeah, that's it. It's like a flow grappling collab. Yeah, post. there you go. Her technique. That and was like the last the, three seconds, I think. Oh, no. The way she moves her body, 
like she's so gritty, man. Yeah. Like she just is a fighter. Like she I grinds just, oh, I she's love had it. MMA fights too. Oh, has she? Sure she's two and zero. Really? In MFA, I'll do some different because I'm actually really enjoying watching that. Um, it's uh, so sick. Go, but go out of that one. Go into another one. She's so like. Go to the six. Yeah, go to that six eleven. I fucking knew it. Yeah, that's when she won. And she was like limping off for the finals. Oh, so that's not the finals because for the actual finals, she was limping off. Go out of that, Griff. Let's see what else it is. Go. Oh, and I remember going to that 54, yeah. She's 1-0. Oh, oh, wait. Four, she must have had three amateurs though. She's four. That's right. This was at... Um, she's a fucking savage man, eh? She's insane. The, I think it's one of the, like, awesome things um, about jiu-jitsu, and especially, like, women's jiu-jitsu. If you're a, like, if you're a good, like, if you're a female black belt and you're, like, a black belt competitor, your technique is just razor, razor sharp because you have to make that shit work on fucking big dudes. And even a dude that's the same size as a chick is stronger yeah. than a chick. It just is what it is. Yeah. So like for, for a woman that goes into the gym, the majority of your roles are going to be men and you are going to have to be laser fucking sharp to even get one sweep, yeah. you know, stay yeah. on top at all. Like you've just got to be a fucking animal. You can't and turn off no. like at any point. You can't like, take a little bit of pressure off or you can't like you know shift your weight in a way that's going to get like rolled in a second yeah. you know like and i think like for um when when you're watching adcc and when you see the smaller weights they the movement is a lot fast like the scrambles are like boom 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 boom, boom and then maybe a quick like pause and then like the bigger guys even Gaval and um gordon ryan like it's slower. It's like I'm holding that yeah, control. I'm just waiting. Yeah, it's more isometric like, because I know the strength gonna, is there. Yeah, I know what's going to happen, but I'm just waiting for it. Whereas like you can create, um, I think because they are smaller, but they're still quite strong. Like you can create more scrambles and quicker yep, like yep. exchanges. Yeah, it's like is, featherweight yeah. fights as, as well, I guess. Huh? Yeah, it's a different pace. But like seeing that in jiu-jitsu was really cool too. And then just seeing like the guys that were being successful in their games. And like, I mean like, Cade Rotola, like dude when are they gonna do MMA can you imagine how big where do you go from here though you've just broken two records you're go to go to Rotolo brothers and get off your phone um go to Rotolo brothers on Instagram uh how do you spell I think it's R U R U yeah Ruo or something I think it's R U yeah there you go bang so you win ADCC, 18 years oh, old. Gangsters. Youngest all ever to win. All of them are subs. subs. Like, so you're better than anyone that's ever won. Yeah. And Man, you're 18. <laughs> like, I think that um, in the, like, that's literally sense. what that says. Is like ever, anyone that's ever won this. Not as well, good. Has anyone ever won all? I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure someone. I read somewhere that it was the first person to win all subs to 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 a ADCC gold. Fuck, dude, that is so. I might be wrong, but I'm so sure. hectic. Like, and then so you got Cade that wins the division, and then you got Ty that just has a real crack at the, absolute, at the absolute. Yeah, like fought Penner, beat Penner, then fought Marigali. Like Jesus, fighting the guy that just fought Gordon Ryan and beating him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like obviously, Gordon Ryan technically beat him, but it's because he quit. Yeah. But it's like, that's, Gordon Ryan's freaking huge. Yeah. And so is Felipe Pena. But you're just like, yeah, I'm good. 
I'll, I'm 18. I'm good. Like. I I, I want to know. Like, I wonder what they. Um, I wonder like what they do. Oh, dude, they're refed by the family. Huh. That's interesting. Um, Who's that? Uh, it's like uh, Steve Astafin is. He was like a real big motocross agent, like mm-hmm. massive. Like not motocross. He did like Ryan Sheckler, mm-hmm. a, a bunch of the big moto dudes. Like he's massive. He was at Wasserman Group. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No. They're like a big marketing agency. Mm-hmm. But um, he like split off and started one called the Family. So yeah, that's great. They're they're in followed by Bellator MMA, Marcelo Garcia, yeah, Nicky yeah, Ryan. Yeah, just like the best people. Yeah, literally all the cool guns. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wonder like. Because, dude, have you seen the videos of them just, like, fighting each other? Like, they'll just argue and fight. Oh. Have you ever seen that? No, but then, I mean, they closed out worlds. That's right. With a full-on war, too, man. Gangsters. Holy, so gnarly. And it was, like, so I think one of them said something like, oh, if he wins one, like, if he wins, like, three days in a row, I'm getting up early that day. I'm taking my electrolytes. I've got my, like, pre-workout. I've got shit going and I'm winning. Like, and so it's just, like, I think they just, you know. Level, level, level. Level, Because, yeah. Um, yeah, so Ty... Was the one that won the worlds, and then Cade's the one that won ADCC. So they've both like technically won one each. Like, That's so insane. Which is insane, like yeah. But there's there's video like Flo will go and do like they're hanging with the Rotolo brothers, and they're punching on. Like Gorilla Hands is like trying to break him up. He's like, right, oh, no, I'll just you've only fought for five minutes. I'll set one round, and they're like legit fucking buggy chokes, slam on the bed, like Ooh. full brawl. Like they know how to fight, wow. and they don't give a fuck. Yeah, like, and they're not Brazilian. Hey, they're like no San Diego, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. America, like, and I, I don't know about why, but a lot of people think that they are. And I'm yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. Like, which makes it even, I think, just even more interesting for yeah. you to be that dominant in Brazilian jiu-jitsu or jiu-jitsu in general. And just like not be from Brazil and yeah. like be eighteen and stuff like that. Like you, you would expect these kid stars to come from like somewhere. I yeah. was really excited for him versus Mika, and he fucked oh, yeah. Mika up. Yeah, like Mi- dude, Mika has been killing everybody, and like where his- do they go from here? MMA, like dude. I think they were doing that one FC thing, right? Says, oh yeah, so these oh, already fought in one. Yeah, Ipono Cafe. Have you been to Ipono? No. <gasps> What are you doing? Is that in San Diego? It's in Costa Mesa. Oh, is it? Yeah. Right next to your thing. Go, go. In, Shout click out to Ipona. Chef into that. Ipona. It's the best. It's like the most authentic Hawaiian food. That's the chef there. No shit. Your boy, he does jiu-jitsu, brown belt. No shit. Um, really awesome dude. Black belt chicken wings. There you go. <laughs> and um, all this is like proper. Uh, that is Hawaiian as fuck. Hawaiian, right but it tastes pro- like there's a lot of people trying to do Hawaiian in California, but they're not always killing it. That wasn't that much of a thing when I was there. Oh, really? No, no. Well, really. even it's like the only place I really know in Costa. But like, even like living with Hawaiians, we would we would drive, drive up there to for Ipono. That. Yeah. Just closed on a Tuesday, which is the only negative thing. <laughs> um, but nah, best best spot. It's like um, like right around the corner from Ruka. Yeah, right. And uh, sidecar donuts. That place is. So legit. it's next to that, pretty much. Wait, on the right it's or like on the left? Across the. Sorry. Using so sidecar is like there, and then you go like through the car park and kind of down a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. like down the end. Is there still the pie shop next to sidecar? Um, I think so. It's an ice cream place now. Actually, uh, I think it's a homemade ice cream place. There used to be a pie shop that was there. Yeah, I can't remember. What, I think it was called Pie Knot, 
And uh, yeah, so I used to drive to there to have a pie all the time. So like, it's literally you have side. Like if you walk into sidecar, yeah, it's on the left. Yeah. So yeah, we used to just go like surf, and then yeah. we'd, we'd stop and get a pie. It was actually pretty legit too. That's pretty Full cool. Aussies. Did you go to the it. um, what's that place um just past like uh, Costa Mesa, and it's called like the the bench or the something? Everyone waits till like five p.m. when there's um lifeguards jump off, and you can surf it. Oh, the uh, the wedge. Wedge. Nah, no, nah, that wasn't that wasn't for me. <laughs> Place is fucking psycho. That looks. Have you insane. ever seen that, Griff? Go wedge. to YouTube <clears throat> and type in the wedge Newport Beach. It's fucking out of control. So they you, wait till like the lifeguards are off duty because they won't let them surf it because it's fucking off. It's tap. so hectic. And then everyone just starts jumping yeah. it. It gets to like four fifty and you just see all these little brothers cruising like or just California. Look at this shit. No, thank you. It just fucking. <laughs> this is like on the beach. Like there's like barely any waves. Like right here is like rocks though. Like it's like yeah, fast. So. It's comes there's like this big break wall and it like Oh that yeah, there's all those rocks and yeah, stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it just like washes up off the beach. So you get like this crazy like the wave comes in, the wave goes out and it just goes <laughs> It is fucking out of control. <laughs> so yeah, die. We, we used to go watch the other I don't know. I, never I watched once, yeah, but that was it. I'd never seen One of there. um Alima's like crazy friends jumped in. I was like, You gonna go in there? <laughs> yeah, it's just not fun. Are you gonna come back? Well, I just would have broke my surfboard. I just knew one hundred percent I would have broke my surfboard. Because it's not a big bank, like from where the No, that's on is. the beach. It's like pretty much on the shore, like which is crazy. Go and to Google images and then um try you just like this you can't really tell, it just kinda looks like any other No, nah, go to Google Images. And then go to the wedge, and then you should get a pullback view. Yeah, bang. And then go, yeah. So, like, to see... Yeah, go to, the, like, that one up there. Yeah, we are. Left. Yeah, that one. Yeah, like, it just sucks up right off there. It's fucking ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah, and look at, like, the rocks are just there. And then behind that is just, like, kind of like that canal thing. Yeah, and, and it's, it's just, just all like, calm and chilling. Yeah, and you're like, what the hell? There's heaps of people out there. Yeah, I wonder. I, I wonder if uh, the Rotolo brothers MMA is like the next thing that, that they do because man, they can scrap. They like. Yeah. They, they love to fight because I think that's probably the thing that you really need to be a fighter is like, like you could technically be the best fighter in the world, but if you don't want to like be in a fight, like you're probably gonna struggle to be a fighter. You know. You just gotta have that grunt. Like you definitely have to like be a gamer. I, yeah. and like that's like you can't teach the heart part like the heart part's like hard like it's like um i've seen so many great martial artists that are technically sound and really positive and then they get maybe maybe they get to like they they're not very good at scrapping like and biting down on the mouth guard, mouth guard in the like rounds and stuff or then there's that other aspect of those people who aren't very good at competition like just yeah. the pressure of competition maybe they're really good street fighters but not very good at competition so those are two things that i think people don't value or don't um always know that like is like probably the most important like i can if this if i can get like someone who's got massive ticker and um just is is a gamer and ready to go then you know i can teach them technique you know yeah, I, yeah. I could do all fill in all the other gaps if you have all the technique in the world and you don't have the gamer stuff you've got nothing like yeah. it's you can't have one without the other yeah and i think that those rotolo boys like they just they can fight they're yeah. obviously finishers Competi they're like, obviously gamers they deal with the competitive environments really well well that's because they, live, they yeah. lived in it you know yeah they're like what like we're going to adcc worlds like there's nineteen thousand people here 
Yeah. How cool was it to see jujitsu with such a crazy crowd and like a knowledgeable crowd too, you know? Like I think one of the things that made it cool to watch is when you could see something real subtle position wise yeah. and then the crowd would go fucking crazy it's yeah. like one dude but gets you know they're gonna get the two points and then everyone just like loses their mind you got the two points and you know, and you know he's up and that there's only like a minute left like everyone was yeah following on yeah, yeah. and you you like what you got excited about the crowd got excited about it, it wasn't like a so i think a lot of times with mma like the crowd's just there to see they want to see some blood they want to see that shit but they might not necessarily understand. Well, good examples like when you're fighting on the cage. Yeah. It's like, nah, like an underhook here is fucking huge. Like if if they can get yeah. that back, then that's as big you're as landing for like an the elbow. like the one thing that they needed to get out and it's like the underhook and then they get it and you're like, well, you're pretty much on your way. Yeah, you know? you're out now basically. Yeah, yeah. So it hasn't happened se- yet, but you know. It's yeah, <laughs> and it seemed like the ADCC crowd was like super knowledgeable. And then like, dude, to finally have Gordon just as the best in the world and now no like, one can say anything about it at 70 percent, and you're like what is, like what? he There's is no one is gonna be him. yeah well that's like this that's another th- so him and kate are like in jujitsu where do you guys go from here yeah and but see i don't think gordon's a fighter in the same way no no not at all they're different they're like i don't think he wants to do plans. mma you know yeah no not at all He's also like not the most likable person, but Dude, it doesn't matter. Like, can I throw a super match at you? Yeah, Gordon Ryan, Gordon Ryan versus Kazmatch Maev in a wrestling match in a cage, or in like a jiu-jitsu grappling match. I think Gordon's still just like how dope would it would be it would be sick and I think because Hamza is such a like gamer, yeah, it would give him a bit of a scrap. But Gordon's so good. But could you imagine the respect that jiu-jitsu gets when you see a guy like... I mean, obviously, it's like, but if it was a fight, he would... Imagine, I think Khabib. Khabib. But he's not big enough, I don't reckon. I don't even think Hamza really is too, but... But he'd be as... He'd be bigger than, obviously, Khabib, but it's like, it's not... What um, about, like, John versus Gordon? I actually think that would be Especially if you add in the cage and shit like that. Yes, Put it in somehow, favor it in a way towards John, a little bit, just a tiny bit, like in a way that maybe puts Gordon on a little bit of a like a, a handicap. Yeah, and I think because John's be done that. those back in the day. Do you remember? He did some like sub only things. Yeah. Do you go type into YouTube? Type in um, type in uh, John Jones versus Chael Sonnen. Oh yeah, that's right. And that Do was on remember? Submission Underground. Oh no! It was in the cage. Like there was some. It was one of the. I think it was. Oh, they actually fought for real too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, that was a bad search. Go down. Um, maybe do jujitsu or like yeah, or gra- nogi grappling. Maybe type in grappling into the. Um, because then now Chael the owns the. Yeah, because it's like his. It was his thing. I was pretty sure. Ellen, yeah. I uh, do double P. I don't know why. Uh, I'm not even coming up with anything. Oh man, I was who sure. Who did who did John fight then? Oh, there it is. Um, Chelsea, I will not be grappling John Jones. Luke Holcord likely grappling John Jones. Also, maybe they didn't. Yeah, I can't. But anyway, John did. Oh no, because it was, it was submission no, underground, which was, is what Chael owns. It was Dan Henderson. Type in John Jones versus Dan Henderson. That's uh, that's who it was. Yeah. 
But yeah, so like he's done and he fucked uh, him up. And yeah, there you so go. Nice. <laughs> Submission. Dude, 4.8 million views. Just turn the volume down on this so we don't get fast forward in there a bit. And because, yeah, yeah Chael owns this. So it's. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But Dan Henderson was like all American. Like that's what yeah. he was kind of known for. But yeah, so yeah, imagine John versus Gordon in. Yeah, oh. I think John versus Gordon would be good. He's just a straight beast though. And he's a competitor as well, like a fighter, a competitor, yeah, yeah, a yeah. solution artist. A solution comes. artist. I like that. Yes. I like that. That's like, well, that's, I think that's what you could, if you, it's hard, the argument of like, what's the best gym? There isn't really a best gym, but if you want a gym, like that's going to come up with a, like a really good game plan, like Jackson, Jackson would yeah. definitely be the spot, you know, like they always come up with a really good solution. I think like that's, and then add that to his mindset like just his like presentness in competition and then like yeah. his abilities then you've just got like the best in the world well i think that with with the rotolo brothers too like their solution artists yes. like the way that um cade submitted Lockie, like dude that <laughs> even Lockie, i think i saw Lockie's post and it was just like yeah i get it <laughs> like <laughs> it was like fuck, I, yeah. I did well like i'm happy with my performance and um cade just you know did better like yeah. at the end of the day like at my own game yeah and no one that like Lockie would have been uh i studied that guard retention series that him and um ari did for like i pretty much spent a year doing it mm. and it's like i legit never got armbarred one time from north south ever That's like sick. ever we and i'm sure that he wouldn't have ever been armbarred in that like the way that Kate and it was just like you just see the dude go bink done and the yeah, as soon as he grabbed the arm and then the, the like, obviously trying to get the leg over, the leg is obviously really important. There was a few people, I saw Cade posted it. He was like, there was a few people that were upset about me kicking um, Lachlan in the head. He's like, I'm not kicking him in the head. I'm trying to get my yeah. foot over, which yeah. is obvious. Like everyone knew that, but it was just like how aggressive he was doing it. But without that leg, like if like Lockie had gotten it away and out of it, then obviously there you're no pretty much, bar. there's yeah. no armbar. Yeah. And so... And doing the like the kicking in a sense keeps Lockie um, having to yeah, 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 yeah. um kind of yeah active with trying to yeah defend it and so that's when the arm gets extended at the same time so it, um it was just like so beautiful yeah like how he did it but that's like not a technique <laughs> that you would you know what I mean that's not like a thing that you teach that's not a reaction like Lockie was pull expecting it from like a he didn't hit it from a position yeah, that you yeah, would be like yeah. oh yeah then you transition to the armbar there was no it was just like I just grabbed an arm yeah pretty much like a, and you fr- could but see from the perfect timing yeah. in a nullified game when it's away from what Lockie's best at yeah. so like that was perfect and and you could see that when Cade beat um uh Mika in the final was that that it was just like a straight footlock pretty much and it's just like jumped on a footlock and it's like that could be it's the competition thing yeah of them. any Saturday like at on, an open mat yeah you know you're just like fuck caught yeah. me you know yeah. and then he's doing it at that and like, I think not a lot of people level. have that kind of level of intensity from the get-go it's yeah. just like that like they both are just like we hit a win like we don't we don't care which is like a hard thing to translate into jujitsu i think like when you're fighting yeah, like yeah intensity. i'm just gonna like hit hard hit fast at the at the beginning whereas like that intensity in jujitsu you sort of like oh well, i've got to you know get it to get the ground grips, and then, get, yeah. mm, and do a b and c whereas they're just like whatever's anything we're just gonna make it we wouldn't yeah. create the opportunity for a sub basically i'm taking a limb home yeah <laughs> that's the only option yeah, yeah which is sick uh, so and sick then gordon watch. fucking up gavel i think was just insane like it just i didn't love gavel's post um fight speech bro 
same you eh? went to mexico and you got stem cells and I, like we get your knee and for sure you might have been injured but that was like a you day and night up. like yeah, that was a lot and it was it was like the first time i seen galvao on the back foot for an entire match mm. you know what i mean there wasn't a point um i think maybe there was like he attacked the leg maybe or it was the other round I don't even know. There I think was like there was like a single leg exit at some point. Yeah. 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 That was it. Like, yeah. that's not even really a moment. That's no. like a, <laughs> no. it's like a maybe. It's yeah. still like a 50-50 kind of area. That I'm pretty much back foot the whole time. And yeah. It's like, whoa, bro. And Galfile's the guy. I'm like, I'm giving him that. Like, absolutely. Like, years and years and years of achievements don't, you know, defy you in comparison to one loss. I think but, that it, um, I think that it probably... It's probably, well, I hope that it sparked almost a new era in jiu-jitsu where you can't do what Galvao did. Yeah. Because he won and it was just like a super fight and a super yeah. fight. And it's, and it's like, that's all that he would do in, you know, like kind of almost every two years to a mm. point. And it's just like, I think that to be the best, like, and that's what you see like a drop off in like his jiu-jitsu in a sense, like, and especially it was like ADCC rules. I'm just going to be a beast at wrestling. I'm going to get my, like the way that he beat Penny, you know, it's just like grinded dude down with wrestling. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, cool. Now you've got a dude that like has every tool and is just like, just as strong and and has been fighting over and over and over. We'll fight anybody like desperate for matches. And it's like an active guy and you can see like the progression in actual jujitsu. Yeah. And like you can tell from like his instructionals and stuff, the way he's like developed his own um, stuff away from John Danaher. So it's like, it's kind of like you obviously, Gordon could be a coach on his own, absolutely. Mm. But, like, he obviously, like, takes a lot of knowledge from um, John and everything like that. But, like, his... And John's, like, one of these crazy minds that are, like, obviously influencing everyone. But at the end of the day, Gordon's got his own ideas about things. And he's just like, mm. That's when you start to, like, really surpass the... Yeah. The master kind of thing. But it's crazy. I just wonder who or, like, what happens now. Like, he's 20 fucking, what? five six seven yeah something crazy it's just like dude you're doing this for a long he had the year and a half off or whatever it was like nearly two years or something yeah um with the stomach stuff which sounds rough but um i mean i don't really think that hindered him at all though like he's still current and when you come back win a super fight like that and your division yeah on the same weekend i can't even like i don't even that's what like that's you gotta have people like this in um, in and around you and actively competing like on places yeah, that you yeah, can yeah. watch so you can just be like, I wouldn't... I ain't shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would need to go to training five more times today. Yeah, But yeah. feel okay about myself. Like, that's so cool. Oh, yeah, he's a fucking legend. So yeah. what what's coming up for you now? You uh, got anything like set on the horizon or just waiting? I'm just waiting, to be honest. I'm trying to move some things around um, and I've really been spending... Um, obviously, I got that last surgery... Maybe it was like, I think it's nearly th- two months ago, two and a bit months oh, ago. Oh, so something. quick, like recent. Yeah, kind of pretty much. And then I went to New Zealand and um, spoke with those guys too. So I'm um, probably looking to like move to there as well. Um, Where are you going to train out of the city? Yeah. yeah it Fuck, makes that'd sense. be dope. Yeah. It's just like, that's a no brainer kind of thing. And, um, but it's just obviously doing that's easier said than done. So just moving my things and trying to. Um, are you going to like be based there or just do camps there? I reckon be based. Fuck I, yeah. I was. Like I went to go ask if I could do camps there and um, Eugene um, kind of obviously being smart and 
all knowing um was just like oh obviously i would rather you be here on the in-betweens as well because that's where the growth happens and i was like that's absolutely correct that's what he i was like too. you're one of us yeah Come home. as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and that too and i was like look that just lines up with everything that i've been doing on my own like journey um with like my culture and stuff like that i'm like it's about that time and it just feels right and that's sick. it's it felt welcoming the gym felt like home and all these other things so it just kind of like yeah i just let things happen in a sense um so yeah and then obviously i just need to work my way back there and obviously i want to be there for a little bit before i take up a fight and then do a camp and blah 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 um but i think indifferent to the last the original surgery that i got i definitely want to take my time this time and that's why i've been training a lot recently um kind of like doing the two or three days um but just like nothing too intense and if i feel like my body's you know not yeah, dealing yeah, with it yeah. then i'll just taper off or take a night off or whatever so it's like no it's like that kind of um volume but without the pressure and stuff so that's been really good and trying to get my cardio back so that when i do go over there i can pretty much just slide in yeah a couple like yeah. a month or a couple of weeks of you know getting used to everyone then take a take a fight and do well and nothing but from here so yeah all positive things i think for the next like um like like we said like i've had a career and i kind of like didn't realize until i stopped and had a look and um for that reason i just want to make the most of these next few years but you're like, just in your prime yeah like, or not even in your prime yet you well, know i don't like, even like no like it's hard to and then because i'm like oh i looked back and then obviously now i got the injury and i'm just like am i on the end of my prime or am i in my prime but you might not have even i hit don't it know yet. yeah you, like literally you could be just fully walking into like the best you know next yeah. few years of your life and I, th- I, th- I positively think i am um but then always it's in the back of mind um is this i gonna hold up for that and i think it will like i think it's fine like uh, and um the people that are around me and that the advice i'm getting I'm, i think i'll be fine but you just never know i think it, i think it just puts things in perspective like anything can happen at any moment i've been 10 years and I've had no injuries. This is my first injury. So that's like pretty crazy in itself. But, you know, any any turn can can come with a different um, opening. And, and I've kind of accepted that too. So I think that's given me even more motivation to be like, I'm just like hitting this hard in these next few years, giving it everything. And if it doesn't come to fruition, it doesn't come to fruition. But at the same time, I like I want more than anything to be a world champion. But if there's things that are out of my control that stop me from doing it, then okay. So I'm just going to work on what I can control. So these next few years, hit them hard. Go, like, change my lifestyle for the best. And, um, you know, it all in the favor of becoming a world champion. So moving to New Zealand is definitely one of those things. That's so sick. Well, I yeah. believe in you. You're a G. I appreciate and, you. And uh, I can't wait to do this again, eh? Yes, definitely, as usual. This has always been a pleasure. So it was really cool to come back and... um just reminisce from especially where i was when i did this last time yeah right yeah yeah and um with just with the underlining knowledge that we always have great conversations nah i enjoyed it well so, i'll uh i'll talk to you soon D- yes. try and get a rolling at some point yes come through or vice versa dope <laughs> awesome thanks heaps hey, that was rad that was mad. one two three four those are numbers but you already knew that If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. (laughs) AutoTrader.